93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. Today is Tuesday. It is April 30th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning in the news this morning. Philadelphia police said a man is in critical condition after he was shot in the face while driving in the Tioga Town section of the city late Monday. Police said it was around 11 p.m. when the 28-year-old victim was driving a Chevy Malibu down the 1400 block of St. Luke Street near Broad Street. According to investigators, two shots were fired with one of them shattering the driver's side window and striking the victim in the cheek. The bullet lodged in his throat area. Witnesses said that the man opened the door and fell to the ground where other drivers and a passerby provided aid. Among the first on the scene was the victim's wife. Police said that the man was following his wife in a separate car after leaving another location. Police said they are interviewing witnesses who saw the aftermath of the shooting, but they haven't found anyone who saw the actual shooter. Investigators said that they are hoping nearby surveillance cameras can provide some much-needed clues. Anyone with information on the incident is asked to contact police. It's scary. Yeah, 6 ABC has been promoting an investigative report that they did on elevators in the region. You know, all of us have gotten on an elevator somewhere and been like, is this... Is this okay? Yeah, just recently I had that happen. So what they found was an alarming number of building owners in the area are failing to get timely inspections on elevators as required by law. Mm. Records from the state of Pennsylvania show more than 1,600 elevators in the five-county region have expired certificates of operation. In August of 2016, an elevator shot up 13 floors from the basement and crashed into the concrete roof of the Criminal Justice Center in Center City. The Sheriff Deputy Paul Mm. Owens, who was on the elevator, woke up five weeks later with collapsed lungs, broken ribs, and a severed spinal cord. Wow. He is now paralyzed from the chest down. Oh, yeah, Civil attorney Mike Tenari represent, represented and negotiated a $20 million settlement in Owen's case. He blames a lack of real oversight by the Pennsylvania Department of Labor and Industry, which oversees the elevators in the state. Yes, yeah, sometimes when you get into an elevator, you'll see, uh, it says, <laughs> yeah, oh, it's to, to... if you want to see the certificate of operation, you got to go to the security yes, office yes, or whatever. Yes. Like, why don't you just... But, well, some of them just, do just post. have it some in there. Do, yeah, no, no, no. Some I do. thought it was the law that you had to post the certificate in the car, in the elevator car. Yeah, they I don't, don't have they don't have it in, in no. these. Yeah, Mm-mm. not but in I'm the ones, not in our building. Why? I, they... I don't know. I'm too busy always reading the uh, the Dow Jones. <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. We have a, we have yeah. a prompter in our. In I our, like that. Uh, I get it's some tips cool. from there. Yeah, yeah I do too. You don't have to talk to people. It's great. Best. But why don't they? I mean, why isn't it displayed? Why isn't it? Oh, why isn't that not? Always the norm. I don't know. There was uh, an elevator, a place I used to go to regularly in Center City. I'm not going to name what it is. I, don't, I mean, the elevator was fine and everything, but I always felt a little uncomfortable little, in little, it. Uh, when you would hit the taking. When you would hit the button and the elevator would would move up, it would make this noise. It would go. Like it would, no, uh, no, yeah, it was like, no, no, no. It, it was this weird little. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Are we gonna make it? <laughs> I'm gonna get out. That's a, well. Also, to hear that they, there's an accident involving an elevator shooting mm, up. Up. Yeah. Yeah. That's very weird. Um, I need to see these uh, the certificate of operation in there. It's gonna make me feel easier. It's kind of like when you walk into a porta potty and it's and you can Inspected see or clean. It, it says the date that it was cleaned on. I'm like, Did okay. you check that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's in a just... Yeah. In a port- yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, Lord. it's right there at eye level. And it says, you know, last cleaned on. You sit down? Yeah, I always take a look at that. Oh, no, I know what no, you're talking about. Peeing eye level. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. I know what you're talking about. Like, it's filled out. It's like handwritten, right? Yeah, handwritten. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No. Who, who do we have in here that was a... Uh, was it like an, an elevator? Average, it was a comedian. Listener, it was a comedian? Comedian who came in at her original job for years... Was uh, not only inspection but installation, 
and we fixated on that. Yeah. Yeah. The whole conversation. About comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just talked about elevators she the whole time. Is, because she's not African American because she's British. Uh-huh. She's a a, a, a lift inspector. Lifted. British American. She was a lift inspector. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, she was cool. She was cool about yeah. it, though. She didn't mind talking about no. it. Yeah. Okay, so certificates are supposed to be renewed every two years, and elevators must be inspected uh, every six months by either the department or a third-party agency. But Action News found more than 1,600 elevators with expired certificates uh, in all of the counties in our region. Records from the department, uh, Pennsylvania Department of Labor and Industry uh, also show thousands more across the state. Uh, Gina Yashir was her name. That's okay. Yeah. yeah, Nick just knew that. He told me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think she worked for o- Otis Elevators. Yep. Otis. Yeah. The My brand. Man. Yeah. My man. <laughs> My Vader. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get out, boy. Get it. What's wrong? It it's okay. This <laughs> elevator loves us. <laughs> wait yeah, yeah. Wait till this elevator sees us. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I hope you follow what we're saying on the other end because... Well, it's a little obscure. We are going to die when we get in this elevator. That's what you would say when you get in the Otis elevator. So one of the uh, operating elevators with an expired certificate that they found actually dated back to 2015. It was at the Community College of Philadelphia, uh, which the state says has 10 elevators with expired certificates. Others that they found that were expired were uh, at the Archdiocesan Schools and Facilities, Gerard College at the Gap, and Mitchell Gold and Bob Williams Home Furnishing, which are inside the King of Prussia Mall. Some of those certificates are now up to date after Action News began questioning. The Department of Labor and Industry has also now issued a warning letter to business owners out of compliance. A white beluga whale spotted in the waters of the Norwegian Arctic are wearing a tight, was wearing a tight harness that appeared to be Russian, leading Norwegian officials to believe the animal escaped from a Russian military facility. Fishermen's disco- fishermen discovered the whale last week, and one of them jumped in the water on Friday to remove the harness. The device featured a mount for a camera, and equipment St. P- uh, Petersburg was written on the harness straps. Time reported that people in Norway's military have shown great interest in the harness. It wasn't clear what, if any, the animal was being trained for or if it was involved in a military exercise in the region. Neither Russia nor Norway has reported conducting programs or experiments using beluga whales. A marine biology professor at the University of Norway said this is a tame animal, so that's why it made contact with the fishermen. Beautiful animals, aren't they? They they are. They're amazing. And there was a program years ago, uh, I don't know if it reached full fruition to attach Bombs to dolphins. Yeah, they do yeah. use dolphins. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. The question is now whether it can survive by uh, finding food by itself. Uh, we have seen cases where the whales that have been in Russian captivity are doing fine. Although Russia does not have a history of using whales in its military, the Soviet Union had a military training program for dolphins. Yep. In sports this morning. <laughs> Sacks are yummy. The Sixers beat the Raptors in game two last night in Toronto. Jimmy Butler had 30 points and 11 rebounds. James Enos scored 13 points, and the Sixers held on for the win, 94-89, tying the series at one game apiece. It was the Sixers' first win in Toronto since November of 2012, ending a 14-game losing streak. Butler scored 12 in the final quarter to help withstand a late Toronto rally. Joel Embiid added 12 points in 32 minutes, despite missing the morning shoot-around because of flu-like t- symptoms. Head coach Brett Brown and Embiid received intrave- uh, said in- Embiid received intravenous fluids before the game. Game three. 
series on Thursday night in South Philly. Tip off a set for 8 o'clock. In the Western Conference game last night, the Nuggets beat the Portland Trail Blazers in Denver. The Nuggets rode a 37-point performance by Nikola Jokic to a 121-113 win over uh, in the opener of their second-round series. Game 2 will be tomorrow night in Denver. The Way Philly- to go, Nubbits. <laughs> <laughs> the Phillies were off last night and returned to action tonight as they start a two-game series at home against the Detroit Tigers. Spencer Turnbull will get the start for the Tigers, while Vince Velasquez will go for the Phils, who are in first place in the National League East with a record of 16 and 12. First pitch is scheduled for 7:05. The Eagles picked up a fifth-year option on Carson Wentz's rookie deal for over 22 million dollars next year. Carson will count for 8.5 million dollars against the cap this season, so he is under contract for the next two seasons as he and the team will work towards a long-term deal. And in the NHL, Pat Maroon scored over the right shoulder of Ben Bishop, netting a game winner against the Dallas Stars with a minute 38 left to give the St. Louis Blues a 4-3 win and a 2-1 series lead in the Western Conference semifinals. And that's what I have for you this morning. Uh, By the way, I love our listeners. A few people did get what we were uh, (laughs) saying earlier and a few good text comments coming in like, mind if we ride in your elevator? (laughs) (laughs) And leaving was another good one. So thank you guys. We appreciate that. Good morning and welcome to Tuesday. Uh, We do have a few things that are going on. We have, uh, guest-wise, one of our favorites, Brian Callen is going to be on the program. Love him. Uh, Goldberg's and... Um, schooled. Schooled, that's it. Yep. And he's... He, so he's like one of the three main characters in Schooled. Yeah. As a, Coach Melner was the, uh, you know, was a supporting character on the Goldberg's. He's one of the main on school. He is uh, calling in to promote Complicated Apes, which is available now. It's his uh, comedy uh, routine on, on, iTunes, on iTunes. And he... Um, he already had apologized to Casey because he's doing a uh, like a tour. We only get like ten minutes with him. Yeah, he, yeah. He loves us so much and and uh, wants to spend more time. So I'm sure we'll get him in again in the near future. But always oh, good to talk to Brian, which is really cool, good dude. We have also an announcement about a President Steve event coming up that you will want Jesus. to be aware of, and we're probably going to get to that around Bizarre File time. You think it's a good yeah, time to do it? Yeah. Or should we do it before that? Um, I think maybe beforehand. I okay. Think, uh, Bill Weston's going to come. I didn't put it on the calendar. Bill is going to come in and make an announcement around the oh, to make an yeah, announcement? He's, he's got some stuff to, to share, so uh, we'll see when that happens. And since it's Tuesday... Uh, we have a chance for you to win a Preston and Steve tattoo from our friends at uh, famous Philadelphia Eddie's Tattoo. Uh, essentially, it's a gift card that we give you, and you end up going to the shop, getting the tattoo done there in a professional uh, tattoo atmosphere. Turns out they have more equipment there. And it is a uh, Preston and Steve tattoo that you have to end up with, of course. So uh, text the word tattoo. To 39333. We will grab a random winner and we will make your appointment. You never know. You might be able to get tattooed by the area's top artists like Don Juan. You can see his work on Instagram at Don Juan Tattoos or also Philadelphia at Eddie's Tattoo.com. So again, the, the word is tat- tattoo. T A T T O O. Uh, two three nine three three three. We'll see if you uh, end up winning a little bit later on. Yeah, Kat. Hey, and also um, the in order, if you want to go to uh, Kathy's Cuts on Friday, today is the last day to sign up. There's only oh. two remaining spots left. They're both for six thirty. Uh, so if you're an early morning person, you want to come get your haircut. Only two spots left, but today is the last day to sign up. Otherwise, it'll close. Good call. Let's fill that up. Get it sold out completely. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and take a break. Come back in a second. We'll get to our entertainment report. Got some stories to share with you. A stupid question. Do some giveaways too. We're have a good time this morning. Hang with us. We'll be right back. Like what you hear? 
You can see it, too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on Xfinity On Demand. French Creek Outfitters in Phoenixville has everything you need for the great outdoors and beyond. All the big-name brands, they have them. Visit FrenchCreekOutfitters.com for additional info. French Creek Outfitters, why take a chance with anybody else? Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Stupid question this morning. We are going to give away an Avengers Endgame prize pack. And that includes all kinds of little tchotchkes and also get to go to the Franklin Institute and their event they have going on. And I will give you the details on that after you win the prize. So the question that I have for you this morning, very interesting one, by the way. What movie was the first sequel to be nominated for the Best Picture Oscar without any of its predecessors being nominated? The first sequel to be nominated for Best Picture without any of its predecessors being nominated. This is a difficult question. And I, I know my stuff, and this is a good question. 215-263-WMMR. Call now and let's see if you know the answer. What movie was first? Uh, the first sequel to be nominated for the Best Picture Oscar without any of its predecessors being nominated. 215-263-WMMR. I'll be interested to see if we get an answer for that one. Today's Tuesday, April 30th. Birthdays today. Include a goddess, Gal Gadot. Oh, yes. You follow her on Instagram, right? Gal turns 34 years old today. Yes, I do follow her on Instagram. And she is just lovely. She's wonderful. She's just wonderful. She's just wonderful. She's a beautiful person. Besides just being glamorous and exotic and all those wonderful terms, she seems to be a really good person. She's got a good heart. I like that about her. And a Badass is Wonder Woman. I have not gotten tired of that. I love her as Wonder Woman. Waiting for the next one. Yeah. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984. Not sure when that is. Is that next year probably? I believe. Is it this summer? (gasps) Yeah, yeah. God, this is a great year. It is a wonderful year. I saw the Game of Thrones long night last night. I'm seeing Avengers Endgame today and before the year is up. I will see Gal as Wonder Woman once uh, again. They pushed it back. Son of a to bitch. Win. Yeah. Is it still 2019? Ruining your year, Preston, but it's uh, going to be 2020. June you mother effer. June 5th, 2020. That's far too long. Unless it's amazing. Someone kill him. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> kill <laughs> him. Yes. No, uh, Gal is uh, is 34 years old today. Happy birthday. Uh, Kirsten Dunst celebrates her 37th birthday today. Started as a little girl. Yep. Then became a big girl. Was Interview with the Vampire one of her that first That was roles? one of her first, yeah. And she's really good in it. The original Jumanji was on the other day, and I forgot she was in that. I've, I've gotten so hooked on the new, the last year. You know, yeah, Welcome yeah. to the Jungle, which was so much fun. Uh, but I forgot she was the, uh, the, the female lead in that role. And uh, she still pulls off great stuff. So she was great in um, uh, Hidden Figures. Did you see The Eternal Sunshine? I did. Yes. I liked it. She's really good in it, she too. She was, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's one of those movies I told you guys I was eventually going to get right, to. Right, right, right. I haven't watched. It's been around for ages, and I did watch it, and I liked it. It was it's one of my favorite movies. It was very unique. Uh, she is 37 today. Hey, it's Willie Nelson's birthday. Hey! Oh. Man, we were so close to having him in our studio. I was really excited well, about that, too. They just announced yesterday the man is going to host uh, his tour this year. It's been across the river. Uh, for the last few years, and I went two or three years ago. It's a great time, but it's yep. the Outlaw Music Festival. Yeah, and it's a it's a Friday, and wow. it's in September. So maybe we can try again. Oh, you know, that'd you, be really cool. You know who else is on there? Nick just pulled up the uh, the listing. Bonnie Raitt. I would love to get her oh, into. Man, man yeah. what a talented musician she is. Yeah, just amazing. Uh, you know, we'll hope against hope, but that'd yeah. be really cool. You know, I was reading an, an interview with him. Uh, if you remember, years and years and years ago, when his career started, he had a regular sort of Elvis style haircut. He can't remember, though. It's been so long 
when he started braiding his hair, and it, yeah. you know, it's just, it's just always been him. Yeah. And he can't remember when he started smoking pot. Uh, Willie celebrates his 86th birthday today. Bert Young is uh, turning 79. Paulie from the Rocky movies. Who got his redemption, I think, in Rocky Balboa when, because uh, yeah. <laughs> the character was really made, it made Rocky look smart. That yeah. was a, the, the feat they pulled off. Uh, and, of course, you can't forget he was uh, Lou in uh, Back to School. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's a really great, good actor. He's great in that as well. Uh, so 79 years old today, Burt Young. Would love to talk to him someday. Uh, Cloris Leachman, she is definitely the senior birthday celebrator today. She is 93 years Ooh, old. Holy hell. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I think it was last year my son was like, I've never... I've, Never seen Young Frankenstein. Had any good? And I'm like, that's eh, pretty good. I hadn't seen it in a yeah, long yeah. time. Like, that's eh, yeah. A lot of people love it. No, no, no. And we watch it, and I'm like, oh my god, it's great. I forgot how great this movie this is. And she's one of the reasons she's Frau Brooker. Yeah. yeah. All right. So does she play Frau Farbizna in uh, History of the World Part One? Is she's... that the name? I don't know. She's... Frau Farbizna is from um, Austin Powers. Yes. Yes. And there's a Frau something in. Okay. Uh, well, she's History in. She's in History of the World. Remember, she pokes her boob with yeah. the knitting needle. Yeah. Yeah. It was during the French, the French Revolution. Revolution. But yeah. I forgot the name. Nick would have to have to look it up and and see. But uh, she, Madame Defarge. Okay. Madame Defarge. Uh, she has been a uh, a partner with uh, with Mel Brooks and on on several projects, and she's great. And remember, she did Dancing with the Stars. Not that she long. She did Dancing too, with the yeah. Stars. She is an Oscar winner for her role in the Last Picture Show, which is one of the greatest performances I've ever seen. And she and was she, uh, also she took over for the in Facts of Life, right? Yes, she did. That's right. That uh, was edible. Uh, yes, she's ninety three today. The last birthday, Johnny Galecki. Uh, from uh, Big Bang Theory. Big who, Bang is wrapping up. Who is he as a kid actor? Was he? A, He's a, in a Christmas uh, vacation. He's, He's the uh, the boy. He's Russ. Second. Oh, Christmas. Christmas vacation. vacation. That's yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, he's uh, 44 years old today, and what a success that show's been! Unbelievable, man. crazy. All right, we're gonna see. I, I'm. I think we're gonna have a hard time getting an answer. All right, so we're gonna try. Uh, what movie was the first sequel to be nominated for the Best Picture Oscar without any of its predecessors? being nominated. I will go to Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Good morning. Yeah, how you doing, guys? Good. Kelly, you know the answer? Yeah, it would be The Bells of St. Mary. The Bells of St. Mary? Nope, that's incorrect. Hear me out. He said that it is the Godfather, too. But the Bells Hang up. I, I don't know what you're saying. Say it again. I'm saying that The Bells of St. Mary was the first in 1945 to be nominated. Was it a but sequel? The Godfather. But The Godfather 2 was the sequel. The Godfather 2 is the sequel to The Bells of St. Mary? I didn't no, get no. that connection. Mm. Then, no, it would, no, no. then The Godfather would be the answer. Sure, the she's Godfather, saying no. No, The Godfather is the answer. But The Bells of St. Mary is truly the sequel. It's like a sequel. That, that is so confusing like, that I, I, no, I don't understand. It, it's not the answer I have. Yeah. But Kelly, thank you but, very much. I appreciate it. I appreciate it, man. I'm you, The Godfather 2. Godfather 2 is it. It's is was, that your is your that nominated for an Oscar? The for Godfather Two was nominated for Best Picture, but, but so and, was God, the and the Godfather was nominated for Best Picture. It so, was yes, yeah. But the, are we sure? Okay. But, but, but hang Marlon on, Marlon Brando won the Oscar for Best Actor. But the yeah, question is, without its predecessor being nominated, that's it, yeah. right? So well, Godfather, I go with Godfather Two. No, the answer is <laughs> incorrect. Thank you. Nothing in the Godfather family is the answer to this. Kelly, thanks for the research. Appreciate, Appreciate it. Appreciate it, though. I, I had no idea that Godfather 2 was a sequel to The Bells of St. Mary. Uh, is it? I don't know. I uh, saw that movie. Uh, let me let me go to Lauren. I believe him. Hi, Lauren. Good morning. <laughs> hey, how are you? Is your name Lauren? 
Lauren, yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, Lauren, L-O-R-N. Yes. All right, okay, yeah, gotcha. Lauren Green. L-O-R-N-E. All right, uh, <laughs> what's the answer? Uh, the Silence of the Lambs? No. Oh. Incorrect. <laughs> <There were> no- <laughs> oh. Well, that was a sequel to... Well, here's to- the deal. Okay. Here's mm-hmm. the deal. The, the, answer. the sequel... We'll have the original title. It's one, two, three, four, blah, blah, blah. It's the right. actual sequel, okay? Right. That's now, what I was thinking the way the question was framed. Yeah, because I guess he's guessing that Mindhunter wasn't nominated. Um, but, Manhunter. Or Manhunter, Manhunter. I'm yeah. sorry. Is it Manhunter? Yeah. yeah. Manhunter. God, there, this is My head hurts! Are, Why did you have this question? There are six people on hold. They're all wrong. So one, two, three, four, five, six. Clear the phone lines. Yes, clear the phone <laughs> oh, lines. Boy. Okay. Uh, this source, by the way, is the Internet Movie Database, also known as IMDb, mm-hmm. and uh, they're pretty good. So, well, listen. It, it's listen. It's always your answer. Yeah. So that that's how we we cut to the chase. Whatever your answer is, that's the one we're going with. Yeah, but if Kelly was right, he's going to track me down and kill me. He dude. will, he will really murder you dead. That, yeah. so. All right. Anyhow, uh, I'm going to go through a couple of stories while we await some new answers. The Oscar-nominated writer and director of Boys in the Hood was taken off life support Monday. John Singleton had a major stroke, and he passed away. It was horrible. We started seeing uh, conflicting reports yesterday and towards the end of the show, and uh, some were saying that, yes, he had passed away, and some were saying categorically, no, not just, you know, he's still alive. It was like, no, that information is false. But he did indeed die yesterday. He was uh, on life support since the stroke uh, according to uh, his family, they said in a statement, John passed away peacefully, surrounded by his family and friends. We want to thank the amazing doctors at Cedar sinai Hospital for their expert care and kindness. And we again want to thank all of John's fans, friends, and colleagues for all of the love and support they showed him during this difficult time. Uh, they said, as with a heavy heart, we announced that our beloved son, father, and friend, John Daniel Singleton, would be taken off life support today. This is a spokesman from the family said in a different statement. Uh, this was an agonizing decision one that our family made over a number of days with the careful counsel of John's doctors. Uh, his spokesman noted that Singleton struggled struggled with hypertension, adding that more than uh, 40% of African-American men and women have high blood pressure, which also develops earlier in life and is usually more severe. His family wants to share the message with all to please recognize the symptoms by going to heart.org. This is so sad, especially, yeah. you know, 51, yeah. and the fact that, uh, again, he, he wasn't... It, he wasn't uh, in in bad shape, but it's the high blood pressure and those other issues. I was talking to Doctor Mike last night about it, and uh, yeah, I mean it's it's just it's just terrible. And again, it was the same scenario as it was with Luke Perry, initially reported as a mild stroke, and then it became a very serious situation. And then within a day or two, he's dead. It's uh, it, it's uh, it's terrifying. In addition to Boys in the Hood, Singleton's work, which uh, spanned genres and generations, included a remake of Shaft, historical films such as Rosewood, action films like Too Fast, Too Furious, and films that question the meaning of American masculinity, such as Baby Boy and Four Brothers. Uh, he also worked on TV and streaming platforms as a director on hits like Billions, The uh, People vs. O.J. Simpson, American Crime Story, and Empire. Uh, he's often celebrated for having the foresight to bring mega talents like Tupac Shakur, Regina King, Cuba Gooding Jr., Terrence Howard, Ice Cube, Tyrese, and uh, Taraji P. Henson. All were part of his. Absolutely. Uh, he got him started. Talented guy. I never yeah. saw Poetic Justice with Tupac and Jenna it's not, Jackson. It's not yeah. bad. Okay. It was not It was not a critical hit. It wasn't. It did okay at the box office, um, but it's not bad. Yeah, I saw it. I couldn't even tell you what it was about. Is her name... Justice, like I believe it is. Okay. Yeah, okay. 
Uh, Taraji Henson and uh, also um, Tyrese were among those who visited Singleton while he was in the hospital. Uh, early in his career, he directed the Michael Jackson music video, Remember the Time. Oh, I love that movie. That video? I mean, that video. Sorry. What was it? It was Rem- like a movie. He was Remind like, me. He's like Eddie a, Murphy Nature. was the king. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. And then... Uh, oh, wait. Was it Egyptian? Egyptian, Egyptian yeah. yes. Yeah, I remember I'm Egyptian. that. Yes. I'm a pharaoh. Yeah. Um, and he came out and... It, and I think, you know what? I Where the boys at? Wait a minute. Uh, Magic Johnson was in there. That's video? right. He's yeah. a guard. The stick man. <laughs> Remember? Yes. yes. Is this real? Yeah. Oh, I guess so. So anyhow. Am I actually in Egypt now? Uh, boys in the Hood remains one of the definitive movies of a generation. Also led to his Oscar nominations for Best Director, Best Original Screenplay at age 24, by the way. Yeah. And he was the youngest filmmaker and the first African-American to earn a nomination in those categories. Uh, boys in the Hood is currently housed... Uh, in the Library of Congress. We had him by here. It was a great interview. We have a couple of clips to play. Uh, this was him talking about a party in here. I'm not sure. Yeah, because we have, you know, have uh, usually a lot of the guests in the studio. Sure, yeah. A, a lot going on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Please welcome John Singleton. Yeah! What's happening to this show? How are you, John? I'm good. What's happening with everybody? Uh, we're just hanging on a Friday, I'm, man. I see it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's just a great atmosphere. It's like, a, as you said, it's like a party. So I know. I came in. I was like, uh, what am I here for? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, no, Casey sad. asked, is this the question uh, that you it's asked It's just him? the answer. It's a retelling of the story. Uh, from uh, the movie Baby Boy? Yeah. Okay, there's a, do I need to set it up? So there's a scene in Baby Boy where um, the character comes home from being out and his girlfriend asks him, you know, like, who are you with? Were you cheating on me? He's like, no, I wasn't cheating on you. And then she says, well, let me smell your D. Your D. Yeah. Um, and so I had asked, I said, you know, did, you, did that... Did you get that from an actual, like, real-life story, yeah, or just, did you just, just kind of come up with that? Seems so random. Yeah. yeah. Right, so and here, here was his answer to that. It's so funny because I, I, I told a, I told the story over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> but the good ones, per, you know, no, stand but, the test of time. No, but it's like, you know, the, the best stories and the best stuff in movies come from, uh, from real life, and it's just like, you know... You know, you you come home, you know, you're at 3 in the morning, 3.30 in the morning, you know, your girl's like, you know, knowing you're supposed to be home at 11 and stuff, and she's like, you know, well, I know you've been out with somebody. I can smell something. I can smell something on you. Oh, man. I I don't see any hairs, but, you know, (laughs) let me smell your D. (laughs) I can't And then then after she smells it and it smells all right, she says, you probably washed it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Nice guy. One more story about him in uh, USC uh, Film School. Here we go. Did you uh, go to school for? Uh, yeah, I went film? to U- I went to USC Film School. Okay. Uh, for is that a pretty rigorous program? That it's it's kind of like the Harvard of film schools. George Lucas went there. Uh, Ron Howard went there. Spielberg too, right? No, Spielberg didn't get accepted. Really? Are you yeah, kidding? It's no funny, but he gave a whole lot of money to the school, so he's wow. like an artist. How often do you interact with with uh, you know directors of, of your level with with uh, those guys as well? Um, here and there, you know, we see each other at, at the parties and in directors guild. Everybody sits up and talks about the old movies that they made and the movies that they're making now and stuff. And do you like shop you know, talk? What, with do, other directors? Do you want you? Do you just disconnect? Yeah, when you're not. No, no, not at all. I yeah. mean, like you know, just it's it's cool to sit down with other directors. Like you know, just sitting down and talking like somebody like M Night, you right? Know, who yeah. lives here in the city, sure. Or um, talking with somebody like Spielberg about. It. I've learned more in my casual conversations with Steven Spielberg than I did in any film school class. <laughs> right? Yeah. Just sad that he's gone at 51. That's and out of nowhere. Too. Out of yeah. nowhere. Thus is the uh, the scary nature of. Stroke. 
strokes. Uh, after that, his stroke, uh, his mother, Sheila, had triggered a legal battle when she had asked to be named conservator so that she could oversee his business affairs. And then his daughter, Cleopatra, objected to Ward's description of Singleton being in a coma and filed court documents claiming that he was progressing every day. Uh, she said that uh, Sheila Ward had abused her position as Singleton's manager and has stated that she plans to liquidate his assets immediately and leave his children with nothing. She thinks the mother is trying to grab all the money or something like that. What a freaking nightmare. Guess guess what fun that's going to be. This is why we talked about that. um, The living will. Yeah, having your affairs in order so that it's a... This doesn't have to happen. I was really sad to hear that, John. Horrible. 51, a great talent. Um, We're going to see if we can get an answer to this stupid question. Oh, man. What movie was the first sequel to be nominated for the Best Picture Oscar without without its predecessors being nominated? I will go to, let's go to Amel and see if we can get the answer. Hey, Amel, are you there? Yes, I am. All right, what's the answer? Well, thank you. What is the answer, sir? Toy Story 3. It's what I have. That seems good, right to me. Toy Story 3. So hang on the line, ML. We are going to set you up, my friend, with an Avengers Endgame prize pack, including a pair of Admit One Fandango tickets to see the film, lunchbox, t-shirt, sunglasses, more, plus a pair of tickets to see. Marvel Universe of Superheroes now open at the Franklin Institute. Explore Marvel's legacy through immersive set pieces, original artwork, movie props, costumes, more. An exhibit for the hero and all of us, and you get tickets today at fi.edu. All right, so let's move on to important things like uh, Kim Kardashian. Uh, she, the former former junk food queen, is changing her eating habits. Kim Kardashian is changing she her eating habits. Changing her eating How come I'm habits? just hearing about this now? Well, it's breaking news. Oh Steve, my god! Wow, I didn't know. Uh, once known to pull up. Break, break, breaking news. Breaking news. We go now to Jimmy Glashevsky outside of the Pentagon. Jim, we hear Kim Kardashian has altered her diet. That's right, Tom. She's giving up whoopie pies. <laughs> uh, she, she's been known to pull up to Mickey D's takeout window in her Rolls Royce, but uh, she decided to eat. I would like a hamburger, <laughs> and I would like a French fries <sighs> and an apple pie. Uh, well, and a filet of fish. Uh, she is actually. She's decided to and eat. And a French fries. You already ordered French fries. Oh. <laughs> Two French fries. All right. She's decided to eat vegan. Vegan. Yeah. Good luck. But when she's at home. Oh. The hell Wait, does that what? mean? What just the hell when does she's that mean? just when she's at home. Uh, she shared pictures she's of just at home. home? Yeah. yeah. I just uh, listen. I'm gonna have a T-bone steak here, but when I get home, I'm just gonna eat lettuce. Uh, she had shared pictures of her plant-based diet on Instagram, which includes fruit smoothie bowls. Look, a plant. A platter and uh, platters of sweet potatoes and avocados. Oh, she's going to, that's, what a bunch of nonsense. It, vegan when you're at home. She, how often does she eat at home? She captioned it, I am <laughs> eating all plant-based when I am at home. Okay. Knock Seriously, it off. Seriously, it, like, it's like one meal a year at and home. This is going to turn into something that she's going to try and sell. You probably. I mean? yeah. yeah, you're probably right. But she's out at Nobu. She's going to be having uh, an acai bowl. Uh, on Monday, she posted clips of herself working out. She joined a long list of celebs who are going green all or part of the time, including Miley Cyrus, Ariana Grande, Thandie Newton, and Beyonce. Thandie. Thandie? Uh, Thandie? You guys are going to do that. She's from Australia. Thandie? <laughs> I didn't know you went to Rydell High School. <laughs> you're eating vegetables? Festivals? <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, Thandie? Thandie? Yeah. 
She also seems to be uh, reconsidering her approach to animal rights in general last year. She actually is against them now. After <laughs> She's against animal rights? Yeah, because she wants to have something to eat when she's not at home. Right? Uh, last year, after much public criticism, she said she decided to ditch the real fur for fake fur. So there's footage of her and Kanye at the wheel in a car. Yeah. She's in the passenger seat, and Chris Jenner's in the back seat, and they pull up alongside, I guess, one of these TMZ tour buses. And they roll down their windows, and the crowd gets excited, and they're like, hey. <laughs> and it was, it was a moment in time, and then they got nervous. I mean, uh, listen, I'm going to They stick... can't be exposed to regular people for too long. I'm going to stick with fast food for a moment because uh, Pete Davidson was uh, feeling extra generous en route to Baltimore on his stand up tour. Page Six reports that he attended a screening of Avengers Endgame and picked up McDonald's to feed his friends, which would be the entire sold-out audience and movie theater staff. Wow! That was nice of him. Good for him. Uh, Davidson may also be turning to guy time and fast food to nurse his sorrow over the split from Kate Beckinsale. He also made a declaration, Preston, that he will only eat McDonald's when he's buying out a theater to feed people. Okay, that's it. That's the only time he's going to do it. I was uh, following Jenny DeHuff, our, our friend who's a writer, uh, yeah, on she's uh, great. Twitter. Yeah, she's fantastic. And she posted a pretty scathing review of Pete Davidson's performance in Philly. Said that he that he, he was at huh. the truck on, I think, Saturday oh, night. I read that. That he, that he was trashing the truck, that he was making fun of the town, that he was uh, not the most warm and embracing of Philadelphia always here. That, wow. That's the only thing that I saw on it, uh, but I don't know if any of our listeners were there. Okay, interesting. But then he turns around and buys McDonald's for everyone in a movie theater. Yeah, that doesn't make up for this, though. I don't know. Are you sure? I don't know, man. Did he do extra fries? Well, was he taking specific orders, or did he just buy, like, two? Oh, that's a bunch of bull crap. Yeah. If he was taking specific orders, then I I disagree with Jenny DeHuff. Okay. what? But you don't mind him beating up on Philly? No, I'm just kidding. What if he said something about the Eagles? (laughs) Oh! Yo! Hey! Yo! Don't you disrespect me! Back off, Jack. (laughs) All right, other stories. Anne Hathaway was by no means sure she'd make it in Hollywood. She tells Entertainment uh, Tonight that she had absolutely, actually she tells E.T., it says here, that she had uh, absolutely no idea how successful her career. Did you ever have an idea you would be successful in Hollywood? When you, when you came to be an actress, were you... Did you ever have an idea you would be successful? <laughs> she sat down with E.T. By the way, his finger is the microphone. It's he holds it up. It. I'll always be right here. Speak right here. It's a pleasure to meet you. Can you help me up in my chair? She, uh, she said uh, she she had no idea how that uh, well film. She said well, how she had no idea how successful. I, I, I saw you in Les Misérables. You were like a dirty whore. Et. I don't know your language that well. <laughs> she was right. She played the little peasant girl. I right? don't know. Anyway, uh, she had no idea her career would become uh, that successful while filming her breakout. Hearing get smart. While bra- while filming her breakout role playing Mia Thermopolis in uh, 2001's The Princess Diaries, which co-starred Julian Julie Andrews. There are two of those, right? Yeah, they yep they made a sequel <clears throat> to it. She said, "I had a mistaken idea that there would be a point where you'd made it enough that you would be able to stop hustling." But that wasn't the case, right? <laughs> she said. 
Like, I thought there was going to be a moment where you were just like, oh, great, now I get to sit back. I've won this, and my movies have done that, and now people come to me. And that's never really happened, she said, according to e- the interview with E.T. Can you help me build a phone? <laughs> <laughs> we're flying. <laughs> I'm going to miss you, Anne Hathaway. <laughs> So, uh, yes. On my home planet, I was a botanist. <laughs> oh, were you? Yes, I was. Yeah, they were the, They were just here to collect plants. Oh, I didn't know that. See, it's been a Watch long time since I Watch the goddamn movie. <laughs> and yeah. it's only one of the biggest movies in the history of cinema. Yeah, but I, I only saw... Shut up. Wow. Yo! Shut up. You! Or I'll shut you up. He's gotten... He's big-timing. He, he is. I'm just trying to say... Dumbass. E.T., I only saw it the one time in the movie theater when I was a child. The only one time. You're too cool. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, how about this? Uh, Marsha Marcia. is Marcia. absolutely mad about the measles outbreak. Specifically, the anti-vaxxers are using her image, and by this I mean Marsha from the Brady Bunch, yes. to, to promote their cause. Marie McCormick. That is, yes, that's who played Marsha. A 1969 episode of the classic sitcom, The Brady Bunch, titled Is There a Doctor in the House? I remember this one. Has found itself at the center of the controversy over the measles vaccine. The show featured all six Brady kids coming down with a disease and Marsha cheerfully declaring... If you have to get sick, sure can't beat the measles. So is this the one, too, where they both have their the, the doctors that took care of the boys and the doctor that took care of the girls? It's a, a female doctor I don't and remember. a male doctor. I don't remember the episode. There, there was another episode where gonorrhea tore through the family. Do you remember that? Uh, yeah, Alice brought that. it in? Yeah, that one I remember, Alice. Man. Mr. Brady, I'm scratching like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess Sam drunk, drug something back from the butcher right. shop or the bowling alley and... <laughs> shared it with uh, Alice, and it He's got a all over the house. Man, Alice. Uh, so uh, Marie McCormick said that she became furious after learning that uh, people critical of vaccines have repeatedly used the episode to illustrate that measles are harmless. She said it's really wrong when people use people's images today to promote whatever they want to promote, and uh, the person's image that uh, they're using, they haven't asked or they have no idea where they stand on the issue. So it's her It's her likeness, and she doesn't like that they're using it. So. Yeah, no, I, I can sort of get it. And I guess she made the point, too, that she vaccinated her own kids. Yeah, she did. She uh, yeah. said that uh, her own child was vaccinated against the disease and said that she came down with the measles as a child and said it was nothing like the Brady Bunch episode. Instead, she got really sick. She said having the measles was not a fun thing. I remember it spreading through my family. Did you Did you have any of those classic, um, I mean... I, I think chicken I might have box. had chicken pox. I yeah. had chicken pox. Yeah, and uh, I don't measles. No, I mean I had my I had I had all those shots. I remember my measles. Arm no, had... mumps. No, my sister had mono one time. That was you know another yeah. thing, mononucleosis, and you can get really sick from that. Yeah, too. A yeah. lot of people you know play that off as just a a thing, but it can turn bad. It's so a, yeah, I, I, people lose a lot of weight. On mono, right? Like I'm, I'm not sure. I had it. I had it for a week. It was brutal. Yeah. What, what, really what happens when you have it? Uh, it well, it, you're is it just ex- totally enervating? You're exhausted. Yeah. Uh, you just don't leave uh, your bed. You you can barely function, and uh, it's basically. I mean, it's like being in a coma for a week. I, I just I, I blinked and it was over. Um, but it was just no fun. Yep. All right. Not as fun as the Brady Bunch depicts. Right. So she doesn't like it. Uh, just uh, so she's letting everybody yeah, know. Yeah, like that. Yeah. Cause apparently, she sat down with ET. Uh, to discuss the whole thing, and uh, well, they uh, they knocked down some doors. I think your housekeeper.
housekeeper is a lesbian. <laughs> Yeah, she's got a boyfriend. I think that's just for appearance. That's a beard. That's <laughs> how she gets her meat. Yes. And so she gets discounts at the at the butcher that's right. shop. Right. One handy, and she gets a tenderloin. Yeah. So let, take it from ET. All right. Uh, an appeals court has denied Bill Cosby's latest effort to be released from prison on bail while he fights his sexual assault uh, conviction. Uh, lawyers for the 81-year-old comedian had renewed their bail motion in a filing last week with the Pennsylvania Superior Court. All right. How many years does he have? What's his sentence? Uh, three to ten year prison term. Three to ten years. And is the common belief he's going to serve at least half of that? I don't know. I, you know, will, because of his age, will he get out in three? Probably. Uh, they say Cosby is likely to have his conviction overturned because of trial errors. This is according to, you know, his representation. His rep- yeah, right. Uh, the defense complained that Montgomery County Judge Stephen O'Neill hasn't yet issued a post-trial opinion explaining key trial decisions that the defense plans to challenge on appeal. They include O'Neill's decision to let five other accusers testify. The appeals court has turned down the bail motion in an online order uh, issued on Monday. So the, the jail's right near you. If, mm-hmm. if you I drove wanted, by it today. If you wanted to... Um, I don't know how these visitation uh, procedures work, but let's say you wanted to seek an audience with Bill Cosby. I assume you would submit that to the prison. It's a good question. I there there are gigantic signs that say "Do not go past this point." Right, right. Because it's a prison. It's yeah. a prison. <laughs> yeah. And so the the entrance there, there's a back entrance, and I, and when we use it as a shortcut on some of our routes, I go right by that all the time, and I always see that sign. I'm like, I ain't ever going anywhere near that. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, yeah. you know. Yeah. Now. There's a front entrance that I've never driven up to that's got, you know, gates and everything, and uh, I don't know what the protocol is there. I think so, I should just pull up sometime and say, hey. I want to see Bill. Is Bill busy? I'm no, short you something. you have to be on it. Like, you can't yeah. just go and visit. Even if you knew someone there, you can't just go and visit them. You have to submit in writing. I'm sure the... the... They have to submit you. They yeah. they have to do, like, checks on you and all that kind of and stuff. And by the way, he's not required... If he doesn't want to see you, if you pass muster all the way around... He doesn't oh, no. have to see you. No, not at all. In fact, what we ought to do, just for the hell of it, is is request a uh, an interview through his lawyer. Why? I mean, all they can do is say no. Right. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. yeah. But if you ask for Dr. Cosby, maybe. Yeah. Know, that might hold a little to more. to his right? ego. A little more gravity. How'd you know he's a doctor? Dr. Yes. Huxtable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the character I played, you <laughs> dumbass. So, anyhow. Oh, you've been hanging out with E.T. Right? People. Why did I even come to this forsaken planet, <laughs> dummies? People, right? Humans, right? <laughs> yeah. Adults are so stupid, I had to work this kid to get me some help. <laughs> oh, by the way, I banged your sister. Whoa! <laughs> hey, oh! Age, age, is, age is different on our planet. <laughs> And you're you're famous. I mean, you're the I'm star. A yeah, and a botanist as well. All right, uh, Rami Malek believes that his part of Mr. Robot landed him the Oscar-winning role in Freddie Mercury's Bohemian Rhapsody. He's so good in it. I didn't see. Is it is Mr. Robot a movie or a show? No, it's a, a show. It's a show, it's a show right? show. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, and and um, I, I I love the first season. I didn't get to watch a lot of the the second season. Apparently, but... the second season is kind of a throwaway. I watched all of the first season. Was watching second season, but what from what I hear, the third season of Mr. Robot is. Awesome, really. So yes. uh, it, it, you know, very cool. He's 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 sort of he's very intense, uh, but he's he's sort of a savant. He he is a, a, you know a, a hacker and a uh, okay. Yeah, you know what I've confused this with? Robot Sm- chicken. Sm- <laughs> <laughs> I hear Mr. Robot, and I immediately my mind goes to Robot Chicken, and I'm like, 
That's like a that's stop like animation a... comedy yeah. thing. And he, he really? That got him Freddie Mercury? <laughs> I'm your entertainment reporter. Aquatine Hunger Force? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, you listen, it, it's chicken in both. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's robot in both. Ro- oh, that's yeah. right. Yes. <laughs> See? It's catching. You got me doing it's it, Mr. Chicken. Yeah. Bohemian Chicken. <laughs> A lot of chicken references the last few days. That guy. That was Bohemian Rhapsody, by the way. That Did you hear that guy do that chicken? He's. <laughs> Here we go. Oh my yes. God! This is a chicken song, isn't it? <laughs> this is Malik's audition. Okay. So anyhow, he said, uh, this seemed to propel me into a different space. I wouldn't have gotten the role of Freddie Mercury in Bohemian Rhapsody if it wasn't for this show. Uh, He said of his role as Elliot Anderson and Mr. Robot at the Tribeca Film Festival. E.T. reports. It says right here. It's a good show. Casey, look. E.T. reports. I probably wouldn't have had the type of success I'm seeing in my career. You were on Robot Chicken. Right now. So I'm so fortunate to this show, especially for giving me this platform, giving me one of the greatest characters I could ever play or anyone could ever play. He he was on a sitcom as the closeted gay friend of the... So it's basically like um, like married with children. Okay. Um, and so he was the, the, the real, you know, comic relief character in, in an entirely different role, obviously. And I always thought, well, you know, the, the guy's pretty good, but... Where's this role going to go to now? Here he is, yeah. an Oscar winner. Yep. One last story real quick. Uh, in a conversation with at the Tribeca Film Festival, we'll stay there for a minute, uh, Steven Soderbergh um, had, and Francis Ford Coppola reminisced about working with Marlon Brando. Uh, and Coppola had said, Brando is in a class of his own. What he talked about was fascinating, but he was like a big kid. Asked about regrets, Coppola said, my whole life, I look back and I say, I wish I had dialed it back a bit. That, that Coppola wish, wished he would dialed it back a bit in his I relationship with I guess in Apocalypse Now, maybe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, th- he thinks it's a little excessive. Yeah. It is. It is, but it's it's still amazing. It. Yeah, I loved it. I know that Arlie <clears throat> Ermey was a consultant on it. He hated it because he thought it was going to be a Vietnam War movie. Yeah. It was more than it's that. It's much trippier. Yeah. And, and it's, it, you know, it's based on Heart of Darkness, the Joseph Conrad yeah. story. So, uh, but... Um, but he said he wished he would have dialed it back a little bit. But, uh, no, it's fine. What do you guys think uh, Brando's best role is? As E.T. Let me get back to my own planet. <laughs> That's not real. Listen, listen. I'll make you an offer you can't refuse. A lifetime supply of Reese's Pieces. <laughs> Hang on. Wasn't E.T. Barbara Hershey? Wait, who was the voice of E.T.? I don't remember. I think you're right. <sighs> it was somebody, yeah, famous. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. It was a Br- Brando's I, best role? I'm not a massive Brando fan, so uh, oh, I would go for the lighter end. I really enjoyed The Freshman. I know it's not one of his great dramatic roles, but I thought he was great in it. His best roles for me would be um, amazing, would be On the Waterfront uh, as Terry Malloy. And... Uh, in um, The Godfather, you know, he's just... Uh, yeah, 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 he's just amazing. It's what yeah. he, he won and refused to accept the Oscar for. Oh. Would you say that uh, pound for pound, he's the greatest American actor? 
He is up in the upper, upper echelon. And all the doctor, all the uh, di- uh, actors, uh, like uh, all the doctors, all the actors, um, like Duval and, and uh, Pacino, they were in awe of him on the set of The Godfather. By the way, that was a, that was a quote from uh, Back to School. Mommy. Uh, pound for pound, our best actor, best American actor. Clips? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay. We'll get to it. Yeah. The CW hit sci-fi show, The 100, has a reputation for reinventing itself every year. Last season, the entire crew boarded a spaceship (laughs) and discovered a faraway planet to escape to. In this clip, Eliza Taylor describes what the new planet has to offer. Here we go. The new planet is very uh, different, uh, let's just say. What I'm really excited about is that it just brings with it like this crazy new fresh energy and uh, people are going to really like it. I don't even know who the hell you mm-hmm. are. Uh, season 6 100 premieres tonight on the CW. Here's the next clip. Season 6. Yeah. Anthony Jeselnik's last Netflix special Thoughts and Prayers came out uh, in 2015. Now he's back and forging his own comedic boundaries in Fire in the Maternity Ward where he reveals uh, I'm sorry, where he revels in getting away with saying things that others can't. In this clip, Anthony encourages some healthy competition. It's going to be the best special you see in 2019, and I invite you to watch other comedy specials, if just for the comparison. You can't really tell how tall a giant is unless you see him standing next to someone average. Yay! Fire in the Maternity Ward <laughs> is uh, streaming now on Netflix. Terrible audio. Yeah. yeah. Do you like his, uh, his stand-up? I do, yeah. I do. I think that... Um, uh, large portions of it can get um, okay. Yeah, I, I, the the tone can wear you out, but I think he's a really funny writer. I just uh, I'm I'm impressed with uh, how his punchlines can surprise me mm-hmm. because the setup is you know long and drawn out. And you're like, okay, I know where this is going, and then he goes somewhere completely different. I think pound for pound, here we go. One of the one of the best stand ups who has really honed his craft uh, is John Mulaney. Oh, my oh God, yeah, he's dude. great. Yeah, Phenomenal. I love it. All right, Anthony, specials on Netflix. All right, there you go. It's what I have for you in the Entertainment Report. Tattoos Day today. Chance for you to win a tattoo. Text word tattoo to 39333. We'll pick a winner a little bit later on. we got guests and stuff. Tell you about that in a bit. We'll be right back. You know that yearly family picnic, the one where everybody shows up to hang outside, enjoy good food, great friends, and plenty of cold beer. And while it might be fun to watch Uncle Joe do a keg stand, MMR's Family Picnic has eight kick-ass rock bands providing the entertainment. Shinedown. Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. The Struts. And Evanescence. Plus, unique performances from Fozzie, Bad Wolves, The Glorious Sun, and Sirafo. Bud Light presents MMRQ 2019. Saturday, May 18th. BBT Pavilion. WMMR.com for details on $25 lawn tickets. Hit up the rock shop for this year's MMRQ t shirt presale. Order now in time for the show. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. It's a very exciting time in entertainment. There's a, a lot of um, a lot of franchises that are coming to a close. Have been to name a couple: Game of Thrones and, and the Avengers, um, <clears throat> which I did watch the uh, the Game of Thrones episode uh, yesterday. Thoroughly loved it. Not going to talk about that. I'm not going to go into any specifics at all. But one thing that does happen when franchises that are action based, especially, wrap up is you usually have triumph and tragedy that go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And I saw the story this morning that mourning a fictional character 
is perfectly valid. <laughs> Grief counselors say that people's responses to deaths of fictional characters is a real, maybe even common occurrence. And I totally believe that. So do I. Over yeah. the course of my life, going on 81 years, yeah, I would say that. this. Uh, you know, when you get involved and you invest yourself in stories, you know, whether it be in a in a book or something where you've spent a lot of time with a character and you had an affinity for that character and that character dies, there is a little bit of a funk and mourning period, a depression that yeah. occurs. You know, or, I mean, especially since I know you're the same way. I know uh, we all are in in a visceral way. We attach to these things. And listen, for all intents and purposes, I consider Homer Simpson to be a real person. <laughs> right. So, I mean, what more do you need to know? You're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah, Steve, uh, I, I know you guys weren't into The Sopranos as much as I was, but... Uh, I, I loved it. I, I'm not, not as... I mean, I know yeah. you're, you're nuclear, but I, I really did love it. I, I But... I thought that that family was real, and when yeah. the show wasn't on, I was wondering what they were up to. You know, and it's just one of those things where, like, these are these are actual people who are living a life in North Jersey. Was it there was, a particular death in that, that that caught you off there, guard? There were a few, but it's and and death was not uncommon on that show. Yes, and, a mob, but um, but I I, I thought that t- Tony Soprano was a real person, and I wanted to ask you guys um two questions: who, which fictional character's death impacted you the most? And which person that you didn't know when they died impacted you the most? Like a celebrity. Oh, in real life. Yeah. Um, That's a tough one. I have one in mind, which is... Yeah, go ahead. Carrie Fisher. I don't know why, but it it really floored me. And and I I, maybe just because I'm such a nuclear Star Wars fan and Princess Leia meant a lot I think that might be it, Nick. You actually actually have two tabs running for the... Two Mm -hmm. concepts running for the same thing. She is at the center of your pop culture fandom. Right. And she is the person who brought that to life, uh-huh. and she herself lost her life. So, um, yeah, they both tied together. I think, you know, in uh, it's it's weird because I think people are, are sort of uh, loath to say that they, yeah. man, when that pretend character died, it wrecked me. Right. Well, it, well I mean, but when you were asking <laughs> that, Nick, I, I had already been thinking about what what pretend <laughs> the, uh, character did I did really really affected me, and and I go to. Uh, you know, there's a couple in my that I that are my immediate go tos. Obviously, animals, right? So there's a reason why I prefer to canine over Turner and Hooch. Spoiler alert from this '80s movie: the dog dies at the end of Turner and Hooch, and I was like, "That's a bunch of crap! Like, why'd you kill?" You know, and, and so so. I, and there were puppies. And yeah, and that doesn't matter because they did the same thing with Beastmaster. They killed one of the ferrets, and then they were like, "Oh no, it's okay because we have little baby ferrets." And they're like, "Well, no, well now now the one the baby ferrets don't have a, a dad." Besides the ferrets and dogs, was there a was there a human? Yes. Okay. Macaulay Culkin. The ferrets and dogs. Was there a human that perhaps impacted you? Macaulay Culkin at uh, in My Girl. Oh, oh man. Yeah, yeah, that was like. I tell you what. So so. I can't see without his glasses. From the scene. Put his glasses on. Without his glasses. Without his glasses. Because it came out of nowhere. Like yeah. They're just la di da di da di da. Oh bees. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of them. There's there's been movie after movie after movie that I'm I'm trying to think of the more you know a la superhero type of thing that might seem a little bit more out of the ordinary. But there's there are sad moments in movies. There's one in particular of a character that you don't even know in the movie, 
Uh, and you guys probably don't even know this movie. It's called uh, uh, Captain Fantastic. I do, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's yep. it's with... Uh, um, Viggo Mortensen. Meg- Viggo Mortensen, yeah. And, it's really good. It, the whole Chuck movie, loves it. The whole movie is leading up to, you know, the, at the beginning you find out that the mother is dead. It's yeah. there's it's it's a big, big plot point. And at the end, towards the end, there's a, there's a funeral scene where I just lose it because I'm grieving with that family, even yeah, though yeah. I didn't know this person. And that one hit me pretty hard. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I'll, I'll come up with a few as we go along in the conversation. It wasn't a death, but I'm not kidding. I'm really not kidding when I say this. It was the death of the series um, of brothers and sisters. <laughs> I swear, I thought, I, I was like, I'm going to travel to California and find them and be in their family and sit down at their winery and have a glass of wine with them. Uh-huh. And then they just canceled it. And that killed you. It did. I was so upset about it. I'm going to go and we'll invite phone calls. Try to try to be mindful of spoilers. And we're not going to talk about any of the current stuff that's going on. Let me go to Melanie. Hi, Melanie. Good morning. Good morning. Melanie, you you had to. Uh, Are you, you over it like, yet? Yeah, you sound like you're crying now. Um, it's you ha- because it's going to show my age. Okay, now go ahead. What what uh, character did, did just killed you that uh, when they died? Well, I have to tell you really quick. The preceding what happened, my two aunts lived next door to one another. My parents were at one aunt, and I was at the other aunt watching the Six Million Dollar Man. And Jamie Summers died, the Bionic Woman. I sobbed and sobbed and sobbed. They thought somebody was beating me up next door. <laughs> oh my God. Did she? Did she actually die in the series? I'm sorry. Did she actually die in the series? I don't, I don't remember that. She died, but then they brought her back to life in her own show, The Bionic Woman. Oh, she died on the Six Million Dollar Man, and then right. they brought her back on Bionic Woman. So at the time, though, when that episode aired, it really floored you. Oh my God! I oh, it was awful. Okay. It was like my mom. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I remember in in the especially in, since there's been the. Uh, the uh, big marathon of Marvel movies over the weekend on uh, on television. In the original Iron Man, when the uh, the guy in the cave yeah. is helping him, yeah. and he says, yeah, yeah, I want to be with my family. Uh-huh. And then his family's already dead. Tony didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and uh, he dies. That's, that gets me every time, that scene. By the way, this grief counselor, Alan uh, Wolflet, said it's important for a person mourning their favorite character to process their grief. And also for others to validate that process. And he says that after those two things are in place, it's time for productive reminiscing, which could include watching blooper reels of your favorite character. To see them alive. Or going back and watching the first episode of the series. They're um, alive again. Next, you'll have to develop your identity without those characters in your life. And the sixth is maintaining your support network. So that you have real life. Now that's just getting silly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That you have real life people to turn yeah, then, to. Then, then you need help in times of recurring grief. Part of the genius of Pulp Fiction, and if you haven't seen this, I apologize. But um, uh, John Travolta dies, and uh, but at the end of the movie, he's still alive. And the way that Tarantino framed it is the the movie ends with him and and Sam Jackson walking out. Of yeah. the diner, and so you you grieve less for John Travolta dying because of the way that uh, Travolta edited it and shot it. Yeah. I'll tell you, I mean, um, Tarantino did that yeah. about Travolta. No, that's cool, and they can do that, Nick, because you <laughs> and they can also torture you because you know some, you know it's coming. Uh, but uh, Glenn in The Walking Dead, yeah. Wait a minute. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That, yep. I mean, we knew something was going to happen, but that that yeah. Huh. yeah. But also the that way he rough. died was kind of cool, though. I yeah, mean, yeah. <laughs> Batting practice. Uh, <laughs> let me go to uh, Joe. Hi, Joe. Good morning. Hey, how are you? Hey, Joe. So tell us about your your you grieved a character. 
the movie Click, when uh, Adam, when Henry Winkler is trying to show Adam Sandler a, a magic trick, and Adam Sandler just blows him off because he's trying to get work done, but he's actually there, like back in time, kind of, and he starts yelling at himself because he knows Henry Winkler's going to die. I don't know what it is. I guess it's because I'm a dad, but I just like lose it at that part every time. My wife makes fun of me. She's like, "Are you crying?" I'm like, yeah, no. I never saw that movie, so I. Don't I, know I, I he has a, he has a remote that's given to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. so what he's able to do it's is like a Capra movie. He can he can kind of like fast forward through. Yeah, boring or tough times in his life. So he gets a, he gets a cold. He's like, yeah, I don't want to do the cold thing. So he you know hits fast yep. forward and he you know, it's, but he ends up skipping through a lot of like important things in his life. Okay. Do you know it was one that, and one of the legendary ones, Preston? I'm just you know calling up some stuff here on uh, on the uh, computer. Um, when McLean Stevenson died on the original Mash. That, oh my god! That was that was a last second yeah script change. He was leaving the series. And they're all in the, I mean, it's one of the classic, you know, you can almost hear America crying at the same time. Uh, They're in the operating room. They can't break from what they're doing. They come in. And the actors didn't know that Gary Berghoff was going to be delivering that line. So they had to react to what they heard. And it was, yeah, because here is this just beloved, what could you not love about Finally going home. Yeah, and they killed him. Yeah. It was terrible. Terrible. You, You know, all right, so going to TV shows, you know what floored me was... In Growing Pains, when the groundhog <gasps> Carol's died. Carol's boyfriend <laughs> died, who was actually Matthew Perry. His name is Sandy, I believe. The car accident. Car accident. But it just kind of came out of nowhere. It's like, oh, you know, they're dating, they're great, blah, 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 blah. That was Matthew Perry? That was Matthew really? Perry. Wow. And so she yeah. comes home, and they're like, uh, you know, Sandy's dead. <laughs> well, and he, well, the deal was, is he yeah. was, they talked to him after the car accident, he was fine, but he yeah. had a hemorrhage. Yep. And so he had, he had internal bleeding, and, uh, and it was unexpected, and it was, yeah, that was messed up. Uh-huh. And uh, I do remember that. That one being like, wait a minute, did that just happen? All right, here's one. I'm going to go to Mary. This one wrecks me. By the way, there's there's some spoilers here, but nothing. You should have seen these movies by now. Uh, Hi, Mary. Good morning. Gadzooks. Gadzooks. Okay, so Mary, I'm going to say the movie in case somebody hasn't seen it yet and they want to turn it on the radio. But Inside Out, I think one of the greatest animated films ever made, by the way. Mary, Mary, go ahead. Oh, I was so upset when Bing Bong died. I'm not like, thinking about it right now. It killed me. It's awful. It yeah, killed that me. Worse. That sequence, yes, and you you are, I think maybe Hitler could chuckle through that, but otherwise, <laughs> uh, I don't know how you can, especially since there's so many attempts and they fail, and then, the, and then you realize, well, when the, someone gives up, when this... Well, I, I well, what, to be what spoiler it, alertish. But... What it represents is her childhood mm-hmm. gone, gone, and that yeah. was just like, oh my god. I mean, you just you, you you love this little character, but then you think about what it metaphorically means, and you're like, oh my god. I never thought about my what little girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, ET. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I didn't think of it that way. No, I'm yeah, me oh neither. my god! Oh! Sorry. Yeah, yep. thanks a lot. <laughs> and there's a new sheriff in town. Hey, how about when ET died? Yeah. Wait a second, he died for he, a little while. Yeah, and and then he's in the hyperbolic yeah. chamber. Yeah. Elliot's laying on top of him, thinking he's dead, and hugging him, and everything. They that start was dissecting him. After they started, yes, they cut out various. Uh, god damn it! His <laughs> organs. That's not in the script. <laughs> Uh, so... Hey, you think you can put my dong back on? Let me go to a couple of other calls here. Uh, I'll have, uh, let's go to Tom. Hi, Tom, good morning. 
Hey, you guys rock. Thank you, Tom. We were talking about this fictional morning. A fictional character is a valid emotion. Grief counselors have commented that, yes, it can indeed be a real thing to you. What what was it that did it for you in a movie that just absolutely wiped you? So th- this did it for me when I was a kid, and it still does it now. The Iron Giant from oh. The Iron Giant. Yeah. Uh, that's a great movie. Great movie. Devastating to see it at the end. And he doesn't even talk, so it's just, it's, it's such an emotional thing to happen, and I think was that Vin Diesel was the voice of it or something. Vin Diesel is uh, if, if it's big and stupid, Vin Diesel's great at playing. Like he played because he's the voice of Groot. Yeah. Uh, but there's, you know, what I think it also has to. <laughs> we do got with, another role for you, man. Tom, yeah, we got some big stupid characters. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, Tom, because yeah. I think in this case, Iron Giant is a lot like, um, like a pet, or like yeah. you know, in, in that way. Like with uh, Pete's Dragon, which is not as emotional as Iron Giant, but those things you you tend to attach in that way. And yep. man, yeah, at the end, it's just and it's it's just a beautifully done movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, it was great, but yeah, definitely wrecked me. All right, thanks, Tom. Appreciate it. Uh, going back to the, the and, and we could do a whole thing on pets. It's a whole other story. Yeah. But Casey, I mean, and uh, this one just you're you're not a human being. If you don't get affected by Marley and me, oh man! I mean, dear God, I cry I, reading the book, yeah, man, because I don't I, know how to I read. Didn't, I didn't cry. I, no, what? The, the entire movie, you know what's going to happen. Yeah, like at the end, I was just like, yeah, no kidding. Not that it was. I really not that it wasn't sad. It was a great movie. I loved the movie, but I remember oh. you guys telling me about it. I watched it. I didn't shed one tear. Yeah, it, it, it was you know sad, what? but I knew it's it was a coming. beautiful. And then at that, because I've been at that, you know, where you're you're alongside the table in the vet's office, mm. and uh, when he's saying you, you know, you were I, a great dog. You were the best. Yeah. I'm getting teared. I'm starting yeah. to get choked. What do you think he was going right to live now. forever? No. <laughs> yeah, the whole movie is predicated. In fact, it's billed as Marley, the eternal dog. Yeah. No, the whole thing is predicated on, on the... Uh, Relax, I'm joking. To, to tap into those emotions. You know what, you though, Kath? The, the part that got me the most was not the part where he dies, but the part where she loses the baby. And right. when she comes home... And he lays her his head on her lap yeah. as right, if like right, right. he had that sixth sense about it. And, and I was like, that's what dogs do. <laughs> There's a great movie that I didn't. Well, it is actually. Did you see the movie Alpha? No. It takes place. Oh, I guess it's yeah. Primitive Man. And mm-hmm. it's uh, the so the first a wolf becoming basically a, a dog for this guy. And it's I'm sure there's not one scintilla of exact science in it or his, historical truth in it. But it'll it'll get you. I got two ancillary characters that um, probably shouldn't make me well up when they when they die. Uh, but in the Harry Potter series, because there are you get so attached to all of the characters, uh, he loses Hedwig, uh, his his pet owl, yeah, uh, and and Dobby. And Dobby's death is pretty. I mean, these are pretty emotional. They're not even people, you know, Casey. To like your pet, you know, theory. Dobby's of walking foreskin. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there goes the emotion. <laughs> but you're, but he's he's like the first he's the first bit of magic that Harry Potter encounters, and he's, right? He's really instrumental in making sure that Harry and his buddies are all right, and he, so is Hedwig, and and they both get axed. No, yeah. I I completely see that. Hmm. Sometimes a lot of times a character too that's been the I'll get a rope character or the reliable character, the the one who's yeah who who really is not the the beneficiary of of the overall thing, but is there and always helping the the one who always. Those are the ones that get you. And you Dobby know? almost escapes, too, man. Like, they, they, they're they just about out of the scene, and all of a sudden the knife goes through the little wormhole. 
There's a lot of really good texts that are coming up. I'm not going to hit all these because I don't want to kill all these movies for you in case you have not seen them. Well, at these po- we're saying ones you should have okay, seen already. Okay, like, you know, and, and these are, uh, here's the deal. These are sad movies, like like Steel Magnolias. I mean, that wrecks you, that, that, yeah. that destroys you. But they're saying that the grief that you feel for these characters, and I'm thinking specifically uh, for ones that have had uh, franchises that that you've spent years spending time with, right? You know, like TV shows or like the Avengers and things like that. That have you know, there's 22 movies and you've invested in all these, and you've really spent some time. And then that that character that you love dies, and you feel a real stabbing sensation. It's legit, and you get angry at the show creators. Yeah. And but sometimes, oh man, well, you, yeah, you turn into misery. Yeah, and, uh, and you know because she anger. She wigged out over right. the death of, uh, of oh, misery was the name. It, of yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, really? I thought you were talking about the this, this, the steps of uh, of uh, of coping. But yeah. yes, that's true. She she freaks out, and in fact, that's the whole impetus yeah. for her keeping the author there to change it. Misery yeah. Chastain, isn't that her name? That's what it is. Okay. You've never seen it? No, I have. I okay. just forget things. Yeah. You know? um, let me go to. Yeah, this guy's been. On she hold. beats a ferret to death with a hammer. For a no, <laughs> no, with a hammer. The hammer. The ferret. <laughs> the ferret like sacrifices his own life, from what I remember. In Beastmaster. I think In you're Beastmaster. Right, yes. John, you're on the air. Good morning. Was she a great big fat person? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she hey, was. Guys. She was a big girl. Uh, <laughs> Growing up, I had this neighbor in my neighborhood, and we would watch movies we shouldn't watch when we were kids. Uh-huh. And they had me over, and, and uh, we were watching Terminator 2. And so, spoiler alert, guys, um, <laughs> Terminator's lowered into the molten lava. Yeah. And I was in fifth grade. So I'm this little kid watching Terminator get burned up in this lava, and then it just kills me. <laughs> and I started welling up and sobbing when he gives the thumbs up. Well, and then he says, <laughs> and then he says I know why you cry. <laughs> that's just, that's just, and, no way you and then the, the the ultimate thing, which is 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 awesome, is that um, it didn't matter anyway. It mm. still happens, and he melted himself for nothing. <laughs> so if you keep that in mind, yeah, no there's like deal. nine other movies All after right. this one. So he's he's a uh, he's a robot android, whatever yes. you want to call him. So sticking with inanimate things or non living things, oh, yeah. uh, somebody texted in and said uh, Wilson. From, uh, oh my God! From Castaway, the attachment to a volleyball. I know. Is so that's what makes Hanks Hanks such an incredible actor is that he falls in love and yeah. this is his companion. Yeah. We, but we've all had things like that. Yes. It, you know, and, uh, there are Preston. You talk about your not wanting to throw away a stir stick in the morning because yeah. you feel it, it gave his life for just one stir in your coffee. That's and right. and uh, but we do Sad tend existence. to imbue these things with human characteristics. I mean, he jumps into the ocean and it comes close to saving yeah. Wilson. Uh huh. An inanimate of volleyball. Yeah, exactly. But you and you feel that emotion. I'm going to go to uh, Julia. Hi, Julia. Good morning. Hi. Hey, what's up, Julia? Um, so I don't want to give away too much, but the show Supernatural oh. kills the main characters and brings them back multiple times, and you just have to watch them die like two times a season. Yeah, Julia. Really? So I'm a huge Supernatural fan, but after a while, I had to disconnect because. After a while, Sam's dead. Sam's alive. Dean's dead. Dean's alive. Back and forth. Sam's in hell. Sam's in heaven. <laughs> Dean's in hell. Dean's in heaven. And and he's, like, he's dead. But if we can find the glowing orb of Gorbon, <laughs> knock it off! Yes. Either they're dead or they're dead. And then so I, I just had to stop watching. I never saw it. It's, it, it's like the revolving door of death. Okay. 
Uh, well, she got caught up in it. Yeah, yeah. Did. Uh, here you go. Let me go to Jackie. Hey, Jackie, good morning. Good morning, guys. Sorry to bother you at work. It's all good, dude. What's uh, What do you want to share with this character that really destroyed you? I mean, had a, had a profound grief effect on you. It was Sons of Anarchy, Opie. Oh okay. yeah, a lot of people. A lot of people have texted in about that. I don't know. So you you were a big fan, case. Well, yeah, he basically he sacrifices himself. Yeah, um, yeah that was soul crushing. <sighs> I sobbed for days. Yeah, I forgot about that one. I like that guy. So that grief is real, according yeah. to these grief counselors. Yeah. That that you've yeah. you've become. It's kind of how I felt when like Pee Wee Herman died at the end of Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Like I had to walk out of the movie theater when that happened. He sacrificed himself to save those snakes in the pet store. Died of smoke inhalation. And then, uh, what are you talking about? Pee-wee, when he dies at the end of Pee Wee's Big Adventure, he walks into the pet store. He didn't die. He didn't die. No. What are you? Okay. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. I, I, was, I was so upset that I left. <laughs> I had to leave the movie theater. <laughs> he made it. Wait. He made it. Back it up here. All right. Rewind, please. Yeah. Thank you, dude. It was funny as hell to... in my head. It... I'm gonna go. To... <laughs> <laughs> You should have heard it before I said that. Everybody loves it in my brain. I I will say you didn't quit on that. I didn't. You didn't. You you never gave up. There's no I in quit. The former Casey Foster of the Preston Steve Show died today still uttering that Huey Herman joke. Friends and family gathered and finally said, yes, it's funny. As Casey closed his eyes and cast off his mortal coil. Oh, it my. ended up being funny, see? see? <laughs> <laughs> Told you. All thanks to you. Yes, yeah. thanks. Yeah, there you uh, go. Let me go to Megan real quick. Hi, Megan. You're on the air. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Hey, what's up, Megan? So I remember seeing this movie in the theaters, and it was the SpongeBob movie. Yes. And to the end, when you think that SpongeBob and Patrick are going to die, they're under the heat lamp in the... In the Shell Shop in Shell City. Yes, yeah. in the Shell Shop. Megan, you believe they were going to die? <laughs> Come on. Come on. That crushed me. That was so sad. You knew they had to make it somehow, but that was so... Yes, upsetting. and they did, and they flourished. <laughs> and they were, in fact, they got to ride on David Hasselhoff. That's right. They rode the Hasselhoff. All right. They, 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 they Thank you, Megan. Steve, I got one for you. Where I, I, you knew that they were going to make it, but the way that they set it up, uh, I, I wasn't sure. And in Toy Story three, yeah. when they're in that garbage um, recycling set, oh yeah. my god! And I'm like, how are they going to get well, out of this? And then the thing where they, they're reaching and touching each other's yes. hands. Yeah, it was uh, really uh, moving. Uh, uh, actually, Dave has one of I think a classic one here of Preston Line Seven. Uh, okay, yeah. Let me go to Dave. Hi, Dave. Hey! I'm not sure they got Dave, but I'm Dan. Uh, Dan, okay. So can you Dan, go get uh, Dave? Yeah, yeah, can you get Dave on the phone, please? <laughs> it says yeah, Dave I'll here. I'll go get Dave. I really was upset when Pee Wee Herman died. With <laughs> right? <laughs> it was so sad. He no, doesn't even like snakes. Seriously, you guys, you guys, are, I'm surprised this wasn't come up. I remember Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, yeah. when Spock died. Yeah. Uh, and Larry Nimoy, was actually the actual death play hit me really hard. But when Spock died, they had, the crowd swell of, of just anger among the, the fans led to them to, read, to write Star Trek when they brought him back. Well, the plan was actually always to bring him back, but I mean, yeah, because it was, you know, they the the franchise, the franchise, you know, was 
They, they had the original motion picture, even though it was a critical bomb, it, it did well in the box office. And so the I rat- liked that picture. Yes, and then but this one, yeah, you're right. That scene because you have one of the great friendships of all time, Kirk and Spock, and he's there, and uh, uh, you know he's he, he he gets the engine back online. They actually replicated the same sequence uh, it, with the the Rathacon remake that yeah. uh, Chris Pine was in, except this time it was Kirk in the chamber. Yeah, I, I think the death of Spock was more important to me, though, and certainly Leonard Nimoy, uh, his, yeah. his actual death, I, I spent probably a couple of months just... Oh, yeah, sure, yeah. yeah, when he passed, yeah, I that was very sad. be your friend. More human than most friend, most people. Yeah, yeah. and, and, and Kurt, you're more... Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought it would kill the scene while they're while they're through the mirror. If if, if Shatner's there and he goes, he's listening to him, and he's got like a handful of M and M's, like it's kind of you know, this is this is horrible. This is really terrible. It's all look, you all you all melted up and gooey. Uh, let me go to Michaela. Hey, Michaela. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Hey, what's up, Michaela? Hey. hey. Um, when Jenny dies and Forrest Gump. You yeah. don't even see it. I mean, you, it's implied that, that Forrest has killed her with a shovel. Oh, dude. <laughs> no, no, it's... <laughs> I bait her head with a shovel. I bait her head with a shovel. <laughs> uh, that, his sequence there by the tree is... Uh, oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so anyhow, I brought this up because, listen, there's been a... An, an, now, I've not seen Endgame. I'm going to see it today, and I'm, yeah. I'm preparing myself for should I need to mourn some characters, as I assume at the end of any big franchise is going to be triumph along with tragedy so i assume that i may have to deal with that i may not i don't know well, i'll, I'll don't find know. out later today but uh, you know game of thrones has been rife with offing characters that you spend time emotionally uh becoming connected to and that continues on and i won't go into any details about that because the, the series is still continuing but this grief and there was a moment that i when watching the episode yesterday that i got i cried you know i mean and and you these these characters you and now have developed over 8 years you get invested in their lives, you know, and, 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 and I've read the books and everything. And so um, that grief, according to these counselors that you feel is, you know, it's not going to impact you nearly as much as a loved one. But right. yeah. it's it's got a legitimate uh, it's got a legitimacy to it. I wonder how the actors process that yeah. Oh, yeah. when they're playing those characters. Yeah. Um, what time are you seeing Avengers? 530. Okay. So uh, <laughs> tomorrow we can talk about <laughs> <laughs> No, no, it's just it's so great, but it, it's long, and so yeah. it's an investment, you know. No, I know, and uh, we're, I've, we've waited till today so the whole family can. Uh, we we all had commitments this weekend, and uh, so we could all see it together. So we see it. Is wifey so, going cool. too? Yeah, of course. Wow, she likes all the movies. Oh, okay. awesome! Yeah. Did, does your wife watch them? Not even a little bit. Oh, that's no. yeah. Actually, my sister right now, I'm so proud of her. She's buzzsawing through all these movies. Okay. I gave her the list that you gave me from yeah. CNET, Steve, so she's up to Thor now. All right. Yeah. I'm working her I'm way really there. happy for her. All right. Anyhow, thought I would share that with you. We need to take a break because we're going to get some bizarre file stories. We have that on the way a little bit. Uh, also, a couple of announcements. Uh, one thing I've been made aware of that I was... Did not know until this morning, which is pretty exciting yeah, yeah. Uh, for us on the show. But we have uh, we have some events on the way. We're going to announce those. We have a tattoo day taking place. So ta- text the word tattoo uh, to three nine three three three. You just might want to press in a Steve tattoo this morning from our friends at World Famous Philadelphia Eddie's Tattoo. We'll be back in a moment. Love Preston and Steve and WMMR. Check out WMMR.com for more of everything that rocks. Diamond jewelry doesn't have to be expensive. Have fun buying jewelry for someone you love and don't hate the price you pay. Feel the difference online at IHateStevenSinger.com with free shipping. Buy real diamonds from a real jeweler. Steven Singer Jewelers. 
Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Let's do the B file. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre File. All right. Got some stories from the Bizarre File brought to you today by Drexel's LeBeau Online MBA. Drexel's LeBeau Online MBA is designed for the future of business. And you can visit drexel.edu slash online MBA to learn more. Uh, Let's begin with this. A man in northern Mexico had to be rescued after he accidentally trapped himself in a hole that he dug so that he could spy on his former girlfriend in violation of a court order to stay away from her. So he was like like a, like a blind he was setting up, basically? He was tunneling under her house. <laughs> Dude. The 50-year-old man had spent and days... And he's 50. ...had spent days digging the hole in Puerto Panasco, a town on the Gulf of California, only to become trapped and require assistance to get out. I was digging a hole to spy on my girlfriend, and uh, the- it collapsed on me. The man had uh, had been ordered to stay away from his uh, former girlfriend due to domestic violence charges, and he is now in jail. Define stay away. He dug a tunnel under the woman's house. Uh, the woman told police that over the course of a week, she had heard scratching noises but assumed the noise was a cat or something like that. Oh but God. when the sound grew louder, she investigated and found her former partner of 14 years trapped below. Uh. Uh, yeah, can you imagine? You just see lips of the dirt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're you're going to laugh at this, but... Uh, I have an explanation. It's kind of funny. <laughs> just lips <laughs> sticking up out of the dirt. Uh, she said she ended a relationship, the relationship because uh, her partner was very jealous. Oh, no, I don't yeah. see any signs of jealousy here. Uh, police said the man appeared intoxicated and severely dehydrated. Never dig a tunnel when they you're just, drunk. They, they just stuck a hose down into his mouth, Steve, <laughs> sticking up out of the ground. Uh, he looks wonderful. Uh, he was severely dehydrated uh, once they got him out of the tunnel. So he's uh, he's okay, but... Uh, How low it? have you gotten in, like, you're, t- you're digging a tunnel? You're buried underground. <laughs> a hatchet-wielding strap hanger tried to slice a passenger... On mid on a midtown subway train, but his uh, axe attack in New York was foiled by a pair of Good Samaritans. The near brutal encounter, listen how scary this was, started Saturday night while 46 year old Ronaldo Reyes was riding on the number one train. The New Jersey man had gotten into an argument with another rider, and it turned physical. But when the man pulled a hatchet from his bag of weapons, two Good Samaritans tackled the axe carrying man and held him down until cops arrived. When they arrested the 46 year old man, they found. More weapons on him. They found two metal pipes, a knife, and pepper spray, and the axe that he had was covered in blood. A bag of weapons. Yeah. Uh, Reyes of Jersey City was charged with 10 counts of weapon possession, unlawful possession of noxious matter for having mace, reckless endangerment, menacing, and two counts of disorderly conduct. He has 15 prior arrests. He was dragging all this stuff around. Are they going to investigate the blood? I got to guess they're going to take a look at that blood, yes. Uh, around 9 a.m., police received a call from a woman who reported a burglary in progress at her home, except there was no burglar. What appeared to be a routine burglary call turned out to be a failed attempt by a woman, 33-year-old Amber Lewis, to use police to spook her husband, who she believed was having an extramarital affair. Uh-huh. And the ruse backfired on her. Besides charging Lewis with making a false report to law enforcement officers, 
Uh, they located what appeared to be marijuana, cocaine, and other drugs oh. throughout the house, including the couple's five-year-old child, uh, five-year-old child's bedroom. Uh, I think you want to hide that stuff. As a result, Lewis was also charged with second-degree possession of marijuana and chemical endangerment of a child. No, 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 that's not the crime. Uh, Police Chief Johnson said, uh, your guess is as good as mine. She knew her husband was engaged in an extramarital affair and called the police on her husband and told us it was a burglary. What her goal was, I have no idea, he said. Did the notion of ever directly confronting him ever come to her mind? I don't know. Upon arrival in the home, uh, in response to the burglary call, police encountered Lewis and another yet-to-be-identified woman. Both said that they did not know who was inside the house. After officers entered the house, they encountered a pervasive odor of marijuana but found no suspect. God. Only after the suspect, uh, only after they secured the property did the officers determine the suspect to be Lewis's husband and the report to be false. Both the husband and woman who was on the scene with Lewis was also uh, facing charges. The husband for the drugs found and the woman also telling police she didn't know who was inside the house. So they were all arrested, basically. Police in northern Wyoming say a man who allegedly shoplifted at the same store twice in one day also asked to fill out a job application during one of his visits. Well, that's there. just greedy. Uh, the thir- I know this store inside and out. The 36-year-old man went to the sportsman's warehouse and bought some items with a rewards card, but allegedly took some sunglasses and ammunition without paying for them. Sunglasses and ammunition? <laughs> yep. Police say he returned to the store a few hours later Asked to fill out the job application and left with two more pairs of sunglasses, allegedly without paying for them. Uh, They issued the man a citation for the alleged thefts and recovered the items. And then we'll do one more story and wrap it up. A man who stole more than $150,000 from his mother for pornography and fetish materials purchased more than 150 items of lingerie, silicone sex dolls, a laptop computer, and other items, according to court records. Wow. Sean Joseph, 59 years old, admitted that he shouldn't have spent $166,000 on such items. I was a bad boy. And that his mother is nonverbal, noncommunicative, nearly blind, and has profound dementia. Joseph was indicted on two counts of theft from an elderly person. No trial date has been set yet. The search warrant inventory from Joseph's home include five silicone dolls with wow. multiple heads. Those things are expensive. Uh, one, yeah, I know thousands of dollars. <laughs> this, was, this guy spent one hundred and sixty-six thousand yeah. dollars. And also, they had an uh, one box of unopened lingerie purchases, including wigs, sex toys, and a bunch of ligature. Uh, what's ligature? I do not know. Yeah. Um, oh, I don't know. I don't uh, so anyhow. How do you spell it? L I G A T U R E. Is it in the clothing uh, realm? I'm not really sure. Uh, a thing used for trying, tying, or binding something oh, together. Oh, okay. okay. That does right. make sense. You yeah, because th- sometimes those dolls run away. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes. It also included two laptop computers, a desktop computer. <laughs> oh, crap. It ran away again. <laughs> I lost three of them last night. I didn't yeah. have any ligature. Got to yeah. get some ligature. Uh, First, I de- have to find out what ligature is. Also, a desktop computer. <laughs> a desktop computer, a television, and three cell phones. Many credit cards and bank accounts had <laughs> Joseph's mother's name on them. Man, this chick is a pervert. <laughs> and many purchases were from uh, Cam and Web Girls. What a... Uh, the document also said Amazon showed more than 150 pieces of what could be described as women's lingerie, two life-size sex dolls, other sex toys, and a laptop purchased in 2018. I wonder how um, deep into, like, uh, bondage and all of that stuff the inventory on Amazon gets. Could you get, mm. could you get like, a full, you know, submissive yeah. or dom wheel on Amazon? Maybe, maybe. 
Uh, so anyhow, Sean stated that it was uh, he who used the credit cards, but he said that before his mother started going south medically, he said, uh, there was an understanding that he was permitted to use her funds. It's so. my dying wish that you buy ten rubber dolls to bang. Yep. All right, and there you go. That is what I have for you in the bizarre file. All right, I would like to make this announcement. This is uh, pretty damn cool because we're set. We already we already gave you a save the date, but now we're officially to uh, bring you on board for uh, the Preston and Steve 14th annual I Bleed for Preston and Steve Blood yeah. Drive. Yeah. All, right. All right, so this is coming up as we had said. A little while back, the date is Saturday, June 15th. New location, headed back to the Greater Philadelphia Expo Center in Oaks. And all donors get the newest presidency T-shirt and this year's pint glass from Window Nations. You get that just for getting on board. Hundreds of donors will also be randomly selected to receive a pair of concert tickets to one of these BB&T Center concerts, including Smashing Pumpkins, Noel Gallagher, or Alice Cooper and Hailstorm. And there will be kids' activities on the site. Paint of Treasure always comes out. Uh, Paint and Take Art Studio, the Aim High Studio, plus Alex's Lemonade Stand, Rita's Water Ice, and a bunch more. So we need you to go to WMMR.com to get the details, eligibility guidelines, and to schedule your appointment. So you can now schedule your appointment for Saturday, June 15th. And here's the deal. We never really say this type of thing, but this time we're going for it. We want the record. We want the largest blood drive in the United States of America. We missed it by a handful of pints. We we didn't even know. We had no idea. Our friends at the Red Cross told us that, you know what, you came, you walked right up to the edge of breaking the record for the largest uh, single location, I guess it's a single location, blood drive in the United States. And we were blown away by that. So, you know what, we're going to put the push on it. Let's, Let's put Philly on the spotlight once again for doing good stuff. And let's make it the biggest one ever. Let's get you signed up. If you've thought about doing it, this is the year you do it. Now, we would like you to check the eligibility guidelines ahead of time. Exactly. Just so you're not wasting a slot. You may have traveled somewhere. You may have gotten a tattoo in the wrong place, you know, because there are certain state restrictions in that. You may be on certain medications that will not allow you to donate blood. If you can glance at that, we would very much appreciate that. And then get yourself signed up and be a part of this record-breaking event. That's what we're hoping it will be. Yeah. yeah. I, I, now we're going for the uh, we're going for the gold. Is that what the oh, the red? Is it the red and blood? Uh, going for the red. I, I don't know. Whatever right. whatever the story is. Yeah. But as you said, Preston, checking that list and just seeing the, the things that might exempt you uh, from being able to donate would really help a lot. Because again, as you said, we're just pints difference yeah. from the number one. Uh, in the country, we had, can take that. Had no idea. So we can definitely do that with your help. And so we're, we're calling in a favor. Yeah. Uh, if uh, if you haven't been out before, we'd like you to make it this year. And, and we don't too often say, come on, pretty please. Pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty. We really want to get this. We, we, we'd love to have that be another feather in the cap for... Uh, for MMR, for us, for the city, and uh, for the people who need this as well, obviously, and uh, the American Red Cross. So let's get you on board. WMMR.com, all the details there. Some freebies come along with it, but Saturday, June 15th, new location, Greater Philadelphia Expo Center in Oaks. We've done it there before. We're headed back there again, so we're excited about this once again this summer. All right, and uh, by the way, Steve, there's lots of kinky stuff on Amazon. Amazon. (laughs) Nick just pulled up a whole bunch of stuff. Dog collars, whips, paddles. Uh, gloves, uh, riding crops. Pretty um, much anything you want. Yeah. What about, like, the stuff that was in that home that was up for sale in, uh, 
The yeah. big, yeah, the big uh, furniture yeah. style things. I, don't, I haven't seen those yet, but huh. if, if you need a neck mask, they got that. A neck mask. <laughs> uh huh. I like it. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back in just a moment or two. Our buddy Brian Callen is going to be joining us in less than an hour and some other things to get to. We'll be right back. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Evanescent, Paul Benary, Amy Lee, the whole thing broken. Express and Steve Show. Good morning. Welcome to Tuesday. Our word of the week prize this week is a. It's cool, man. It's a foosball table. Everybody should have a foosball. I table. want a foosball table. They are so much fun. Well, you can get them at Royal Billiard and Recreation, Steve. But we're giving this one away, okay? So, letter today, word of the week coming up at the end of the show. We move hard and give that away on Friday. Let's take a look at the traffic. Then we have a guest we're going to welcome into the studio. Kath, what's going on this morning? Schuylkill Expressway eastbound slowing the Blue Route into Belmont. And then from City Avenue to Spring Garden, we have a medical emergency that's off to the shoulder. But people obviously are stopping, taking a look, slowing down as they pass by. So it's causing a delay. Westbound jams Pashyunk to South Street, the Boulevard to Conchahawken. And then, and then the Blue Route out to 202. 202 northbound slows Green Tree Drive to Matlack Street. That's out in Chad's Ford 422 eastbound. Slowing 29 to 23 on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. We've got heavy delays westbound. Ben Salem to Fort Washington on the Blue Route northbound. That's slowing from Media to Route 1 southbound from the Mid-County Tolls to the Schuylkill and then Route 1 to Media. 95 southbound jams Cutman through to Girard on the northbound side. You're slow 452 to the Blue Route, the airport to Broad Street. Uh, and then in New Jersey, 42 freeway northbound backing up from the Black Horse Pike to 295. 55 northbound jams 47 to 42. If you're headed over the Ben Franklin Bridge westbound into Philly, you're jammed the mid-span to Ethan Vine. <clears throat> this traffic report brought to you by Amtrak. Amtrak is your all-access pass to Discovery. Play, laugh, talk, relax, and everything in between here. You get carried away, book early, and save up to 20% at Amtrak.com. Restrictions apply. And that's your traffic on 93.3 WMMR. All right, thank you very much, Kathy. Uh, we have a guest in our studio. Actually, I've, I've requested that Casey give me the full... Uh, introduction for our next oh, guest. We haven't done yes. this in a long time, so I'm, I'm just going to let this play out. So here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, mesdames et messieurs, damen und herren, from what was once an inarticulate mass of lifeless tissues, may I now present a cultured, sophisticated man about town. Ladies and gentlemen, our program director, Bill Weston, the silver pony, Wild Bill. He's here in our studio. Oh, so many monikers. I, I feel like uh, Peter Boyle right now. <laughs> yeah, you show. do with your yeah. zipper deck. <laughs> uh, Bill, by the way, uh, was on the air this weekend for those who were uh, lucky enough to be up early, early in the morning on Saturday. Actually did an air shift, and uh, that happens from time to time. We need to fill in. Yep. Chuck had a hole in the schedule, and I said, yeah, why not? I'll yeah. fill your hole. <laughs> And you did. I listened. I listened to him, and uh, I also sent him a, a grade. He gave me a B. <gasps> plus. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. Well, you are good on the air. I'll, I'll take a B plus from Preston Elliott. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, it hey, was fun. So you uh, you have some uh, some good news to share with us. As so well, our uh, our vice president are we of... expecting? Uh, no. <laughs> oh. 
Are you? <laughs> no, our vice president of communications, Heidi Raphael, was in on Thursday, and she shared some news with me that was, like, incredibly exciting. Of course, we wanted to keep a lid on it until yeah. the press release was uh, uh, came out yesterday from the National Association of Broadcasters, and it's it's pretty cool. We're You guys were talking about the work you did with a blood drive, you know, and yeah. how, how an awesome event that is because our listeners come together and create this amazing moment that impacts the community. Well, look, the Camp Out for Hunger has been this amazing thing you guys have been doing for 20 years or mm-hmm. so, and, uh, and we get... We get awareness, we get recognition for it, and it's it's a really cool thing because of the the good it does and how you rally the listeners to do this amazing thing. And our and our clients too. You know, people are all in on that. It's it's a complete effort across the boards and would not happen without any one of the component parts. And I try to send in uh information that when the camp out is done to some of the trade magazines and you know, ramp yeah. and all access and stuff like that. But there's a there's a national recognition for a community service award. It's the biggest one in the country that the National Association of Broadcasters do. They have a special arm. Um it's their leadership foundation. And they pick um, three radio stations, major market, uh, large market, and small market that go above and beyond. They have a, a category called the Crystal Awards, which I think they, they give to like 20 stations in the country and mm-hmm. about amazing community service. Well, the uh, NAB have selected the Camp Out for Hunger as this year's major market award. And wow! Yeah. 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 Really? So... In, in our industry, that's, uh, these are the highest awards. It's the highest one. There's yeah. a big banquet the they want you guys to come to, I think, later this summer. Wow. It's on a Tuesday night. <laughs> we will gladly <laughs> go wherever. It's in D.C. Yeah. Of course. Road trip. Uh, uh, Congressional Medals of Honor, I'm sure we'll uh-huh. receive. All right. Uh, that is, uh, that's a hell of an honor. That's, People, that's... We, we are so uh, excited and uh, that the, the country... Uh, is a little bit more aware of what you guys do, about what uh, Rodney and Eric do, and everybody does yeah. every December or you know the week after Thanksgiving. It's it's really nice that the recognition is falling on the Preston and Steve show and our listener base of what we do every year. I mean, yeah, what yeah. were the totals uh, from from last I, year? I actually Casey just handed them to me. Uh, so. One million eight hundred and twenty one point eight two six million pounds. So that's we're, we're pushing two hundred million pounds of food. So in tons, it's nine hundred and thirteen tons of food. So and and it goes up every single year. And monetarily, we came just shy of two hundred grand, uh, one hundred ninety eight thousand and, and change. Uh, and so it was just a, it was massive this year, and, and every year we see an improvement. We never ask, we never aim, we never put a, a, a total or a goal. We just say we get what we get, and, it, yeah. and, we, and we hand it over to the folks that know what to do with it. Uh, and we're uh, surprised and amazed every single year that there there is an increase. But uh, one point eight two six million pounds of food over uh, you know five days. We had some wow. friends in last week from PAL uh, who were talking about one of their charity events, and they had just spent some time in Phil Abundance's warehouse doing some organizing and things like that. Yeah. And there is still a yeah. lot of food in Phil Abundance's warehouse now that was uh, collected and donated during the Camp Out for Hunger at the end of November. And that's a really cool thing. Mm. So maybe this serves as inspiration for other radio stations to impact their communities like you guys do. But this is this is a major market. There's Like I said, there's a, a smaller radio station, and they do a couple of TV awards. Beasley... As a um, as an ownership group 
also was recognized. But it's it's called the Service to America Award. That's very and cool. Kristen and Steve shows Camp Out for Hunger for 2019 is uh, the big enchilada winner. Wow. So congratulations awesome. to you guys Thank and you. everybody. That- you know that makes it possible. Yeah, you know, we've yeah. talked about it, but it's it's really cool that the rest of the country uh, will be made aware of this. And thanks for Bill Weston's yeah. leadership yeah. in that as well. Our so, big Kahuna, the yeah. big cheese, the big yes. toe, right up the big, there, right up front. there. Yeah, yep. awesome job. Uh, thank you. So like, proud of you guys. Yeah, thank you very really much, cool. Bill Weston. Yeah. Man about town, and as you said, the fourth leg of our stool, Casey. Yes. Okay, yeah, the so lowest we, of the hanging fruits. We added a whole <laughs> other leg. Uh, no, for that, Bill. It, it, it is honestly, oh, it, it is an honor, but it, it, it's um, it's an honor collectively for everyone who participates. Absolutely, wonderful. Are you kidding me? Yeah, uh, and and you're helping you're helping out people who need help, so it's yeah. a wonderful thing. Nice. So uh, we'll probably be meeting in the next month or so to get started. In preparations for the next camp out for hunger. It's yep, crazy. That's right. it As we announce other gym, but yeah. it's all good. Yeah, it starts that early. Hey, uh, uh, Nick and I were just having a conversation about uh, the guy James, the champion on uh, Jeopardy. Unbelievable. Last night, uh, he came within $18 of losing Ooh. his. Yeah, it was close. It was the most compelling match that I've seen uh, in his whole run. I think he's 19-time winner now, maybe 20. And Over $2 million yet? No, no. but... Um, Last night's uh, runner-up was this guy named Adam, and Adam played the game the way you need to play it if you're going to beat James, which is you got to be really smart, obviously. You have to be aggressive in your betting, and he found a daily double in uh, Double Jeopardy, got Ooh. and bet almost uh, almost all of it, but everything but a thousand, got it right, and so it was not a runaway for James when when it got to Final Jeopardy. So he's playing like James instead of exactly. how you normally see people play on Jeopardy. So James has um, that skill set of incredible uh, intellect, in- incredible knowledge base with the. Um, he will take those risks, you're, but you're no, right. That's a wager. Yeah, to, you've got to when when you uh, when you go in on those daily doubles and have the luck of getting those daily doubles, mm-hmm. go all in, which is what he does. The game started with James finding a daily double in the first round of Jeopardy, the very first yeah. clue, oh, really, and he got it wrong. So when, when there's no money, he had to, you know everybody had zero dollars, he and he got it um, and bet a thousand dollars and got it wrong. So he actually had a few wrong uh, answers last night, which is rare. And there were also a few where he just missed them. And this guy, Adam, that he was playing against was really good. Any other game, any other match, Adam would have won. And Nick and I were commenting that when they were writing down their answers for Final Jeopardy, he looked facially like he didn't know the answer. Who, who? He did, James. James. But he did know it. He uh, got he's it. good then. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we are going to play in a... Uh, are we allowed to say this? Are we yeah, gonna be classroom. In, the, in the classroom? Yeah. I almost feel like if we have Nick on our team, it's like no fair. Why? Because he's so good at trivia games. Oh, like yeah? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Why don't like, I play against you guys? <laughs> yeah. Well, my... I know he's, now he's got his area of expertise. Geography he's phenomenal at. And, and we would never be able to match him in that. None of us, I don't think. Just because you know all all the countries, all the all the capitals, you know all of that stuff. But I'm, I'm I'm okay with trivia games. I'm not a I ain't a scared. No, all right. Yeah. Well, have, you have teams be. been decided? No, or no, we haven't figured it. We haven't figured oh, all okay. that out yet. I, I, I don't, don't even know who we're be, playing. I'm, I'm gonna no, we're playing each other. Oh, I thought we were playing some high school. No, no, that's be, what I want. Yeah, isn't that part? That's part of the game. It is, but for us, there's six of us, so they're gonna split it three to three. That the, oh. game, the game is three on three. I call Nick. <laughs> <laughs> 
Marissa, hang on a second. It is Team Preston versus Team Steve. So okay. we, don't know, we do know that. Do you guys want to pull out of a hat or just let I, them decide? What randomly's you guys want? fine with me. Matter. I'm not good at these, so I, you know, I, 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 I play well at home, and I do that sort of stuff. But the second, oh. I, I usually take a second or two to think about something because I always, I'm a little bit. Yeah. It's the same way. I always, I always took the full time for a test, even though I, I knew answers. I just that's the way I operate. So. Yeah, like when I lost to O'Shea the other day yeah. in uh, in Game of Thrones trivia, I I paused. To, I, I should have just me. jumped on it because I knew there was answers, and I, sh- I would have beat him. But I my beat him. Preston, over the years, I just know that not that I buckle, but I'm just too slow. Yeah. Well, I'm too slow on that stuff because my mind immediately, I guess what makes me good at being dumb on air makes me bad at being <laughs> smart on a game show because mm-hmm. I just, uh, you know, even though I may know the answer... I process it longer because I don't have faith in myself. Yeah, Classroom is a really fun show, by the way, on Fox 29. I watch it every night. You haven't seen that yet. Uh, So we'll let you know when that's coming up. But uh, one of the reasons I bring up the Jeopardy, obviously, then everybody, you know, a lot of people are are caught up in it right now. Uh, But I saw this. uh, Ken Jennings, who, by the way, had 74 episodes that he won in. And, I'd you know, I'd put him up against this guy any day, even though this guy's won more money. Ken did 74 straight shows and written. This guy's at 19. I don't know if he'll make it that far, but we'll have to see. But Ken Jennings apparently told Twitter users there are a few uh, forbidden wages that you can't do. There's wagering that they forbid. Really? And so do tell because I watch a show every night. Okay. What would you think some numbers that, that flag? Any idea? That they forbid. I, 69. Something 69, with 69 in it. 69 is not allowed. You're not allowed to wager $69. Because it's a sexual position? It's dirty. What about 666? I'd you, like, you can't wager 666. <laughs> I'd like to bet anal. Because uh-huh. uh, that's associated with the devil. Uh, and the numbers 1488 and 1488 cannot be used. And I didn't know this. But apparently they're associated with neo-Nazi propaganda. Really? And you are not allowed to wager those mm. numbers. I had no idea. See, the stuff you learn. You yeah. always learn stuff from Jeopardy. Yeah. James last night, had uh, apparently he's been betting his, to end up with his anniversary date uh, when he wins. Um, so he, he's had the same winning total a few times, and that's what his wedding anniversary is. And then he did get one daily double last night where he bet um, the date of Vegas, the Vegas massacre. Uh, so he oh. says Vegas strong, right? And then, but but he, it's clear the indication because he's from Las Vegas that he wanted to uh, pay tribute to that. So he he has oh. deliberate bets in yeah. a lot of what he does, and I like him too because I uh, there's so many people. There was a really smart uh, woman who was on a while ago, but her button clicking acumen uh. drove me crazy. Like like you know, <laughs> <laughs> you oh, stop that. And uh, she because was, oh, she takes was one. Yes, but I mean. And yeah, but all those guys click multiple times. Well, some She's of them are better at it. In fact, I posted a video. My wife's like, that dude looks like he's spanking it behind the uh, the podium. <laughs> and uh, so I took a little video of him, and sure enough, it did, because he held the signaling button down below the podium. Oh, I wonder if anyone has ever spanked it behind the podium. Sure, Probably. and that's what everybody was commenting, like, you might as well with James, because he's just going to win. You <laughs> may as well get it, rub one out while you're at it. It was um, a great time, Alex. <laughs> uh, I have uh, some items in the drawer Ooh. that need to be taken out. My junk drawer. I figured I'd start with something local. Actually, what you learn in the junk drawer segment might help you if you ever end up on Jeopardy. Especially if you're local. I saw this. It was an article written by a guy named Tom Sofield. I'm not sure 
where this appeared or how old this is, but Casey, maybe you've heard of this. I don't know. Bristol Township. Uh, Croydon. I have heard yeah, of Croydon. Of yeah, okay. I mean, that's Bucks. That's Bucks County. I oh, it's Bucks County. It. I don't know why I thought it was Delaware County. But apparently, um, sorry, I had that turned down. Oh, yeah, so it's near Neshaminy Creek. Anyway, uh, has it's been making some headlines for what almost seems like a bad joke, reports of naked people walking around Croydon. <laughs> naked people walking around Croydon? Have you heard about this? I have not. I want to make a comment, but I'll hold nah, it to myself. Just say it. <laughs> You're not surprised? Uh, no. You know what's funny? I found out a friend of my, a good friend of mine, was from Croydon, and I go, "You're from Croydon?" <laughs> she goes, "Yeah. What's that supposed to mean?" I'm like, "You know exactly what that means." And she was like, "Yeah, I know. I kind of do." <laughs> okay. Uh, but oh, this is reported in Levittown now. That's how I should know it was in Bucks County. Levittown now. Uh, LevittownNow.com has been hearing rumblings of several naked people being spotted around Croydon over the past few days. Why isn't <laughs> Croydon now uh, reporting this? And a few photos have uh, cropped up on social media. Well, because Levittown is uh, it's it's a publication. Croydon doesn't have one. Levittown covers the whole Bucks County area. It's actually uh, a pretty good uh, website. Okay, so do they? They're just walking around. Okay. Yeah, they're just uh, walking around. Do they know Stank Ape? Uh, No, they ain't no Stank Ape. That's Monko, man. Uh, Yeah, so apparently uh, someone who was uh, interviewed said he was just walking, covering his privates. Maybe, are these just like naturalists? Um, No, no, they're not. A guy named Ed Wheat said, I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, Seems to be a thing lately in Croydon. Uh, This guy, Ed, captured a photo, uh, and a guy named Jeff Corr uh, said one naked man was spotted from the shop where he works and in eyesight of the shop's owner's seven-year-old daughter. Mm. Is it a drug thing? I mean, are, are I people... would imagine there's some sort of substance abuse among these naked people in the area. I've seen some, like, really, really wild, wild videos, usually, uh, like, in, in Philly, people that are high on something that uh, I guess they're they're hot or whatever oh, so they yeah. just take off all their clothes that's well, one of the things see them dancing in the street and so stuff so there's some areas and I'm not exactly sure if there's one in uh in Croydon but where um it's kind of like a homeless population they'll go into the woods and they they actually will set up tents mm. and uh there's one not too far from Croydon but maybe there's one in Croydon and I, you know I don't know it has something to do with that I guess a tent city, that's what they call oh, that. Yeah, yeah. Little, yeah. Little area. Get a little naked. Uh, police were rare, aware of the reports and said likely hoaxes have followed on social uh-huh. media. A Copycats, number of, yeah. Uh, naked people in Croydon have uh, popped up the, the memes about uh, naked people. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I was just curious if anybody had uh, heard anything about that. So keep keep that in mind. <laughs> what was the last big... It's going to um, be nice weather today, yeah. so, you know. What was the last big surge in what they classically refer to as streaking? Well, the bike ride. The bike uh, ride. That was, that's a ride, sanctioned, yeah. you know. That was a big deal. No, it was not sanctioned. It's not? No, no, that was part of the initially. appeal in it was that it was, uh, you, were, you were being naughty, you were being illegal. Oh, and it got so that. big, right? It just got so huge that, um, it, I, you know... Nobody was being hurt. People were looking the other way, but it, it got so big that they weren't able to really do it without everybody noticing. So, how, is it sanctioned now? No. And, and it's not. No, still. and I believe it went away last year. Okay. You guys ever see somebody out naked in public oh, yeah. for no reason? Like, yep. And I'm not talking about like the naked guy at a frat party, but last no, one I saw was a really old woman. Oh my god, oh, it was not good. Remember the guy that laid on my friend's car while we were in the diner? Yeah. It was so? What was he high on? Uh, Life. I, I don't know. I have yeah. no idea. <laughs> Just love being alive. Love diners, and I love this car. Yeah. <laughs> when I was in my early teens, uh, we were staying in Wildwood at some hotel. Middle of the night, some dude comes banging on our door. Um, the fairy ties and Beastmaster. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I just remember my mom saying, oh, my God, he's naked. And uh, I was like, naked? who says naked? <laughs> right. Yeah. That's like the first thing I thought is like, isn't it naked or nude? But, uh, you know, my mom says naked. And uh, and and so I don't I know like if to talk dude... <laughs> about this. Mom. But the I nude, mean, but the I... naked guy outside can wait. <laughs> but it's a vivid, vivid memory of mine. I didn't see the guy. But, you know, in, in I, I don't know if he was drunk. He got locked out of his yeah. room. Like, why was he? Going to our door, you know, mm. like, but, uh, hey, where'd you see that old guy's balls? Where was that? Oh, dude, that was at the Ocean City Boardwalk, but that was, uh, that was, was he fully naked or no, 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 it was, it was sad, Steve. He was, uh, oh. he was a geriatric, uh, and, um, I, I guess, his, I don't remember why, but his, his nutsack was hanging, at, he was sitting in a wheelchair. Yeah. And his sack was hanging out. Yeah. And I had to say to his caretaker, his daughters, whoever it was. Here, let me help you with that. I said, excuse me, I'm like, this uh, gentleman's uh, testicles are exposed. <laughs> What's that? You did? His balls are hanging out. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Because, What'd they do? Um, well, they covered it up. I guess he had like a blanket or whatever. Okay. And then I saw another. They went, ew. <laughs> Is that what you're talking about? Because there was the other one where I saw the one-armed carny with his, uh, his cut-off jean shorts. And he had his like leg up. He was, uh, you know, at the uh, the dart thing where you throw the yeah. darts at the poster boards. Yeah. I met the old guy on the boardwalk. Okay, because yeah. no the carny had his nutsack hanging out at the bottom of his uh, cutoff jeans. That was at the McDade Mall. Next time, clarify the location. Then. <laughs> yeah, okay. so yeah, we, yeah, we yeah. get the oh, we had the age. I of, saw someone's ball age story. Of balls. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hang on. Uh, How old were those balls? All I know is Brianna. You talking about the carny or the boardwalk? <laughs> Brianna grew up in Bucks County. Hang on a second here. Hi, Brianna. Good morning. Hey, WMOR Rocks. Thank you so much. What's up, Brianna? So I grew up in Bucks County, and we would hang out in Croydon when we were teenagers because there's no laws. So these naked people (laughs) don't surprise me at all. Because my my friends would take off their clothes and climb on top of the elementary school. (laughs) Your friends would do this? And Brianna, so Preston says your friends were doing this? Yes, my friends were doing that. Huh. Okay. I didn't know Croydon was a lawless town. Yes, <laughs> Good old Bucks go. There <laughs> you go. Uh, all right. Hang on a second. Right, thank you, by the way. All right. Well, anyhow, uh, keep that in mind. If you're around Croydon, you might see some, especially since the weather's really going to be warming up. Why not? You'll be out walking around. Take the um, family out. Other items in the junk drawer. You ever heard of the Mile Cry Club? No. Yeah, I've yeah. heard of the Mile High Club. Of course you have. Yeah, I, I was not familiar with this. Scientists uh, have, uh, haven't have delved too much into why people cry on planes. Hmm. But there's a theory that this does happen a bit, and it is likely due to a combination of oxygen deprivation, dehydration, and stress. To cry on a plane. All right, so I think I cry almost every time I get on a plane. But, really? But a movie is involved. I'm always watching a movie. Okay. But, like, I've watched movies where, and I've thought to myself, I mean, it's not, like, Marley and me, like, it's really not that sad. Why are you crying? <laughs> so it says here, another, an, an expert adds, it's not so much about the content of the movie you watch in the plane that makes you cry. Oh. Uh, it's about being in a situation where you're isolated, but at the same time you're surrounded by strangers. So what, what about the oxygen situation? Does that help exacerbate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's what they're saying. All right. Uh, and uh, you have this physical closeness 
uh, for an extended period of time that you don't have in any other situation. So they said that it's not I bet you odd for that. People uh, on a plane that is going into a rapid descent and about to crash, I bet you they're more inclined to cry. They might cry a yeah, little yeah. bit. Yeah, uh, yeah I've, I've been watching a movie. I've gotten emotional on a plane, but I, I can't. I've never just sat there and, and been crying thinking about life or anything. Yeah, mine has to do with a movie, but I, I yeah. feel like I'm a little overly emotional sometimes like i will like try to hide it and i'm like wiping the tears with the guy next to me who's like what is she crying about i get emotional when um i pass on the snacks and then realize i'm hungry this is this is a downer okay Okay. i'll make it quick but i just oh yesterday i went for physical therapy and there was an elderly woman who was getting therapy next to me and she was crying her eyes out it was horrible. It was horrible. And I think it was a type of frustrated crying because she was in her 90s and she's going through physical therapy and she's probably losing hope. And I just, oh, but it was no business of mine because she was with her, her, her therapist who was giving her tissues and so forth. But I just, I really wanted to go over and say something, but it, it was not. Do you think you know in any I mean? way is because she got to meet a celebrity? Maybe. Yeah. She's a fan of the Preston and Steve show. <laughs> and saw me come walking Every in. Day. Oh, it was so sad. That, it's just horrible. It Sometimes just, when you go to a physician, and it really. This is terrible. You put it in context. Like, if, you know, the last time I was at Penn for something, and there's oh, someone man. there, and you're, too, and you're like, you know what? I have, I will, oh. I can never complain about anything because what, what people have to endure so far exceeds anything I've ever had. I went in for an allergy test, and I see this woman being wheeled out of the, the, uh, uh, the elevator who's just basically collapsed over on herself in a wheelchair, and I'm like, dude. Mm-hmm. Thank you, lucky stars. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't mean to go down that yeah. road. Sorry about that. But uh, Mile Cry Club is something. If it's happened to you, it's it's not. Mile Cry. It's not just you. <laughs> All right, what else I got here? Oh, the jumps were so deep today. Yes, I have a lot of things. Um, okay, so Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. Has built a glowing wooden box that helps his wife sleep. Wait a second. Yeah. So, uh, like, she sits in the box? It's called the sleep box. Uh, it emits. Do we know it as a coffin? It emits a faint light between 6 a.m. and 7 a.m. So her, his spouse Priscilla Chan knows the couple's two toddler daughters are about to wake up without having to check her phone. Oh, so geez. she's in this. Bo- We're looking at a box here. She's in this box. That can't be it. That's yeah, not. It is. Yes, no, it is. No, no this is the sharpie right there, dude. She's not inside. <laughs> it. So what, did, what does he cut her up? Does he puree her and put her in there in a glass? Oh, I thought she slept inside this thing as well, Steve. <laughs> a glowing wooden box. No, the box glows to oh. wake her. Oh. And she's in that box? No. <laughs> Where do they get the huge Sharpie next it's to it? Small. It's small. It looks like it's like six inches by six inches. Oh. Like All right. So I, I thought she slept in the box. Oh, no. my Listen, God. Listen, in this day and age? Yeah. Sure. Listen. They're that, filthy rich. They do weird things. people crying on planes. Well, yeah. You know, Kathy sent us the the, uh, the link for your, your cousin's cousin. box. Yeah, he does actually sit in a box. And has created these for people to purchase, right? Yeah, so he's been doing it since the 70s. They sit in there for 45 minutes a day. I think it's some like sort of a form of, of meditation. He's just right. been doing it for a really long time. He built this box years ago. And yeah, I guess now builds them and sells them. Mm. So this, so I, I, he uses this as an indicator uh, for her to uh, to to gently wake All up. All right, I so guess. he right here, his post an alarm clock. Yeah, that's custom what I, accumulator that's what is what I it's called. It, is that what your cousin makes? That that is my cousin in that box. That's your cousin. <laughs> yes, there's a picture. Of, 
First of all, I thought your cousin was a guy. Well, it, well, so it is. I. So, so that's my cousin's wife. Yeah, of yeah. course he found somebody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's you know, it's his perfect match. Get the goddamn box. Are you kidding me? Yes. Case they've been yes they've soul been together mates. for years and they are they're soulmates. So right? who was the who was the original box person? Was it her? Or uh, him? No, it was him. It was my cousin. This has uh, been his wife for years. Okay, was it? Did he go to like bar, boxmatch.com I, or something? Or I have case. I have no idea. He he started doing it in the seventies and has found health benefits from it. Wow. Okay. Box Boxlovingfarmgirl.com. Right. Let me go back to this uh, Zuckerberg box. He uh, wrote an in too a, small to sleep in, by the way. In an Instagram post, she'll wake up and check the time on her phone to see if the kids might wake up soon. But then, knowing the time, it stresses her out and she can't fall back to sleep. Because the box doesn't display the time, Chan can now fall back to sleep without fear of sleeping too long. And when the light is visible enough to let her know when it's okay to wake up, but excuse me, faint enough that um, uh, she, it won't wake her if she is still sleeping. So I see what they're getting at. It's what more, I do, I told you guys what I do, I, I turn the clock around. Yeah. Uh, it faces the other way. The, the light shines on the wall, so there's a little bit of illumination in the room, but I do not look at the time because if I wake up and, and it's 20 minutes before my alarm clock's going off, I'm not going back to sleep. So, yeah, I, and I, I do understand that, so I, I'll act, I'll act, uh <laughs> Uh, the echo in the room, you know, what time it is. Oh, really? And it will respond, obviously. Uh, I had one. It was one thirty this morning. But sometimes it'll say those dreaded words. It's 3.38. Yeah. And I wake up at 3.45. So so you'll if you wake up at night, you want to know what time it is? It, if I have a sense that it's close to my time and last night I got it wrong, it was one thirty, And I was like, oh, happy day. Yeah, I don't want to know. If there's only like 15 minutes left. I, I want to be able to blissfully go back to sleep, and uh, I can't do that if I know there's 15 minutes before the alarm clock's going to go. I'm like, well, I may as well get up now. Well, when I get up, you know? then the animals all around me get up, so we all we all might we walk down to the bathroom together, and then I get back up in the bed. <laughs> you like St. Francis. Oh my god, too. literally, <laughs> and then and you know a doe comes into the room, and pigeons fly in, and it's it's like Snow White. Um, all right, so anyhow, look for the glowing box, and you can't fit inside that thing. <laughs> he puts his wife in that? All right, let's see what else. <laughs> Kathy, I saw this handy-dandy little info on where to not apply perfume. Oh. Anywhere. Uh, you mean <laughs> ever? Location or on your body? On your body. Okay. And it's stupid. Hey, oddly enough, it says here, don't spray it in your eyes. Oh, oh good. Good because it, tip. I've been burning myself lately. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I forgot what uh, this is from. You know, like a women's magazine. So the same one, the same magazine that ran the article. Why not put cigarettes out in your eyeballs? It says perhaps one of the most obvious spots to avoid spraying perfume is near your eyes. Alcohol-based perfumes contain ethyl. Some even consist of up to ninety-five percent, which can cause irritation and stinging if it comes into contact with sensitive areas like your eyeballs. I wear uh, <laughs> cologne every day. Steve, are you a cologne every day guy? I, I, I do. Yes. Okay. Nick, are you a cologne everyday guy? Uh, I'm a cologne never guy. Okay, Preston, are you a cologne every? Just on Sunday. Just on Sunday. Yeah, I do. I told you I use Old Spice to remind okay. me of my dad. It's a little bit of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm straight up uh, high karate. High karate. Yeah. So your Old Spice then, Preston, is it a spray or is it a? Nah, it's your old bottle. Put it in hands. Uh huh. Do that. Do you wash time. your hands after. Uh, it no, there? I don't think so. No. Huh? So where are the other spots you shouldn't put it, or was it oh. just the eyes? No, no, no. There's more. Yeah, I'll get to it. Casey was asking a question about. Well, because uh, I I what? saw the third one on your list there, which is hands. Exactly All what right, you I'll do. jump right to that. While applying perfume on your wrist might be one of the most uh, popular ways to smell great throughout the day, if the fragrance happens to accidentally get onto your hands in the process, alcohol-based perfumes can make your skin dry and potentially cause the cracking. No. Blood. 
Uh, plus, you should happen to rub if you should happen to rub your eyes before getting for <laughs> oh, come on, hands, uh, it could cause irritation. <laughs> what moron yeah, rub- this is get rubbing it? Yeah, in don't his own spray eye. it on your knees because if your knee by any chance comes in contact with your eyeball. They had an empty quarter of a page in whatever yeah. magazine this Did was. Did you put the thing in the eyes? I was thinking you were thinking like deep within your rectum. <laughs> you know, when I was in sixth grade, me and my classmates for a week or so, we would spray binaca in our eyes just to... Um, Dude. It, okay, you did the same thing? No, we would snort it. Okay. Which was crazy. Did you get high on it? No, but it was funny. Yeah. Because your eyes would go bloodshot red and you would start tearing up. And if you, you know, if you oh did... If your If your friend did it, you know, hey, dude, yeah. watch this. <laughs> ah! It was hilarious. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking like seventh grade. I hear you, yeah. We didn't spray it straight into our eyeballs, but we would spray it onto our eyelids, and it was kind of like... Ooh, how many sprays can you do? You know, all right, I'm, I'm five. I'm going to do what? five sprays. You see what this article is saying? Yeah, don't, be, do, don't do that. Don't yeah. do, well, that was Binaka. Oh, okay. You know, they're we talking would, about perfume right We now. would either either see, how, like, <laughs> there's so many stupid things at that age. How many times you could squirt Binaka up your nose? <laughs> how many grapes you could fit in your mouth? How many did you get up to? I had, like, 25. Wow. Yeah. You think yeah. you could do more now? Since and you then it? you try to eat them. <laughs> When your mouth is full. <laughs> what's the one with, what's the, there's a game you play. It's marshmallows. Is yes. it like Fuzzy Bunny or Fuzzy chub, Bunny? Chubby, chubby bunny. bunny. Chubby, chubby bunny. bunny. You try to say Chubby Bunny? Chubby Bunny, right. Yeah. And, with do, and do what? With marshmallows with in marshmallows your mouth. marshmallows in your mouth. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> chubby Bunny. Um, Kathy, I wear cologne every day. Do I wear too much? I know you don't uh, like no, it at I can, all. I can smell it if I'm right next to you. Okay. Um, but no, I don't think you wear too much because I don't even smell it every day. What like, is your cologne of choice? Well, I, I, I'm... I do three different kinds, but do I you I, make a stew. I no, well, not three different at, at once. Okay. Um, so today oh. I'm wearing Clinique Happy for men, Ooh. which I really like. Uh, I also Happy. I do two different versions of a uh, Yves Saint Laurent. Ooh. Uh, I do one is uh, Nick. How do you say it? Is it Lom? Yeah, Lom. Lom. One syllable. Yeah. Which is like uh, it means man. Yeah. In French, the man. man, the man, the man. Because you uh, are the man. The and I am the girl. Uh, and then I also wear, like, it's a new scent from them. It's called Why. Why are you wearing this? Case, but uh, I do three sprays, and I wasn't sure if three was too much. I, I don't smell it. How okay. old is Seamus, your son? He is going to be 12 in July. Have you noticed any of his classmates wearing cologne or body odor? Well, or body uh, spray? Body odor. <laughs> body odor for men. At that age, they wear, like, Axe. They're yeah. Axe guys, yep. yeah. Because yep. some of Ben's friends have been doing it. And, and last night at this soccer field, at soccer practice. Oh, you were smelling it? Kids were oh, wearing no it. And, and I think it was because of body odor. I think that they see it as a cheap way or an easy way to, you know. But it's, it's <laughs> kids that are 12 don't know how to apply it at all. Right, sure. right, I sure. remember my my dad got me a um like a starter kit <laughs> and it was old spice. Okay. So yeah, so like you're the person like you're talking about. Um I, I wear what is uh, pleasures for men. I will I will quickly go through all the places Please. not to apply. Because I know we uh, Brian Callen's going to be calling us any moment. Right. Don't put it in your eyes and your hair and your hands, your armpits or your genitals. There you go. <laughs> got it. Genitals was a thing to do uh before a date. Before, yeah, you're like, yeah. oh, I'm going to be smooth. Yeah. Well, it says here, spraying perfume near private areas can also result in skin dryness. For women... Ooh, your balls are so dry. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with your balls? I don't even know if we can say that. For women, they're so dry. Yes, that's yeah. not sexual. No, it's okay. No. For women, fragrances can potentially irritate the vagina. 
and cause inflammation, itchiness, and pain, yeah, according to Insider that. That's why I stopped buying those cayenne pepper condoms. <laughs> oh, and this here's a link, so I can't go to it because I printed this up. It says, these 15 other everyday habits can also mess with your vaginal health. Well, this is incredibly stupid. I know. That's what if your vagina comes in contact with your eyeballs? How would you like to hear where to put perfume? Yes, please. The best places to spritz. Or on your body's pulse points. Yes, that, yes. Including your wrists, neck, and the back of your knees. But about, I wonder why. Like, I know it, that's, oh, people have been doing it for years. It but. says, by applying perfume to these heat-emitting areas, there you um, go. Okay. your favorite fragrance won't irritate your skin. If you want to make it uh, last longer, start with these tricks to make your perfume linger, and then it, it has a link, and I can't go through. Now, the classic thing, by the way, Preston, you see the atomizer with perfume uh, and the cleavage, and, but that doesn't seem to be a pulse point, right? Mm-hmm. Cleavage? No. It's definitely not uh, yeah. It's not mentioned. Hmm. Yeah. Does it mention boob sweat? Uh, no, there's no sweat mentioned at all. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> Just curious. That's another art. That's next, next month's edition, Nick. Okay. Um, this month's issue, we get inside boob sweat. <laughs> Marissa, I saw the phone ring. Are we going to be getting Brian in a little bit or no? Because I'm going to move on to something else if that is, if, if he's not coming up soon. They're trying, so we should have him any moment. You okay. Know, we, prom- we have to break, you're saying? We, we do have to break, yeah. Oh. Um, what is that? Wait, hang on a second. What, Marissa? There was, there was no time. Sorry. Our other guest is here. There's uh, no time on it yet. They're just getting them to call in. All right. We, right. we got to take a break. All oh, right. That sucks. Okay. All right. Well, anyhow, I cleaned out a couple of things from the junk tour. Thank you for letting me yeah. do that. We're supposed to have our buddy Brian Callen on. We'll take a break and see if we can get him on in just a moment. Make sure you stay with us. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Car manufacturers love to put their... Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Check out the mobile app or go to WMMR.com. You'll figure it out from there. Steven Singer's Ready for Love Diamond Engagement Rings are ready to go. Steven has the perfect ring for you at the perfect price. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Uh, this is an article from a week or two ago. We just not, never got a chance to get around to it. Um, but there was a study that was done actually out of Penn State uh, that says that employees who have to put on a fake smile all day, well, having to do that comes with a bit of a price. And people who have to put on these smiles uh, end up drinking more <laughs> as a result. Any, so, Any particular w- industry? Uh, mainly for services industry. Okay. Yeah, so, well, you uh, got to be smiling at, at any level, right? I, Preston, I would assume... From retail on up to you know wh- where are you where are you required to basically where it's just understood you need to be beaming when you're interacting with customers. Well, if you're a server, that's yeah. going to be one for sure. Sales, sales, yeah. and yeah. just in general, pat, happy, happy, and peppy. Yeah. If, well, if you're if you're planning to to work on commission, yeah, or for tips, then you got to turn on the charm. Now, if you you can work in a service industry and you can work behind a counter, yeah. like a fast food restaurant, and while they may encourage you to be pleasant and have a nice attitude and be friendly, it's not required on the money that you're making to right. do that as opposed to sales and uh, and tip-based uh, jobs. Where you interface directly. Yeah, or, yeah. or your charm can mean more money. It can mean more money, yeah. Right. So uh, smiling and acting sensitive to everyone's needs while suppressing their own emotions may yield a higher tip or a better feedback rating, it says here. 
Researchers refer to this as surface acting. <laughs> surface acting. And they found that surface acting wears down employees and drains their willpower. <laughs> wow. Wears down employees and drains their willpower. Uh, con- I don't want to go on. Consequently, their lack of self con- uh, the wait they lack the self control they need to say no to alcohol after work. So they they feel so they're so bereft of any control huh. now. They just all right. I'm just gonna I'm gonna drink to deal with this. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, the study found that those individuals were at higher risk of drinking heavily once they clocked out of their jobs. Was there a job that I mean where you felt? You know, uh, you had to put on a fake smile. No, I've been lucky. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't had to uh, to work in that capacity at all in any of my jobs. I've always been either behind the scenes or uh, or in radio, where you can just pretend like you're smiling and everybody thinks you're smiling. <laughs> but I mean, legitimately, I would say this: when you're out for events that we do, and we, we're legitimately enjoying and having a good time, and that and, and interacting, and that's. That's not, you know, yeah. where, where you just despise the job you're doing or. But if you're having a rough day and you're yeah. going out to an appearance, yes, you end up having a good time. But you do, you have to, you have to put on a face a little bit. You yeah. know, you have to make sure that you're upbeat and that you're. You owe it to people. Yeah. And yeah. you're representing yourself in a positive light, even if you got cut off in traffic or had a, a right. crappy day leading up to it. Yeah, so, you owe it to the radio station, to the radio show to, yeah. you know, be the best representative that you can possibly be. Yes. And I don't so, know yeah, if I anybody does that. it better than uh, Jackie Bam yeah. Bam or Marissa. They're, they're both exemplary out at appearances. Um, but it, it still takes an effort. Well, this is what uh, this speaks what you said, Steve. The researchers found that this was especially true for people who didn't find their work to be personally rewarding. Right. Uh, someone who serves food and forces a smile in an attempt to earn a bigger tip, for example, is likely to feel more drained than a nurse who finds that smiling at patients provides a sense of satisfaction. It really makes a difference when you have a pleasant, you know, I was just spent the night uh, on a vacation. Uh, at Penn, getting a procedure done, and the nurses, every one of them, smiling, pleasant, makes a big difference. Yeah. And I, I, I believe they meant it. Well, well, see, you're also probably an exemplary patient. You I know, am. There are, I was there, a wonderful patient. There are definitely, and I, and I know a lot of nurses, and there are definitely a lot of patients out there that are very, very difficult. And, you know, some for good reasons, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. They, they might be in a lot of pain or, or whatever. And then some, you know, some people some are, just, just are, are just difficult. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was a server for a hot minute and um, you, you definitely have to put a face on for some people who aren't, you know. Would you notice, notice nice. a direct correlation with, with, I mean, if you sold it, if you went out there and said, okay, I'm really going to work this table and smiles and the uh, whole deal, would you notice an increase in tip? Um... It depends. Yeah, I, no, yeah, I guess you're right. It does depend. Yeah. I think, you know, good tippers are good tippers and bad tippers are bad tippers. All right. And, you know, good tippers, maybe they'll tip a little bit more. I there, there was a couple that came into the restaurant that I worked at, and they were there quite often. They probably came there at least once a week, <clears throat> and they always got the same server, right? This lady, Carolyn. Yeah. Carolyn was a great server, and I was always jealous of Carolyn because these guys tip crazy amounts, like 40%, 50% of their bill. But, you know, I guess they were like... You know, a little bit older, empty yeah. nesters or whatever. Couldn't just, count. Yeah. <laughs> no, but they, they were really, really great tippers. But they also liked Carolyn, and, yeah. and so so Carolyn got that that, that service. Um, I have had people that were really difficult, you know. and But I also, like, you know, off the top of my head, I can think of a couple of people who... They were they were great. Like one guy I remember, there was a fly in his soup, and, and he's like, What's hey. this fly? <laughs> <laughs> it looks like he's doing a backstroke. 
Um, but I, I basically had a comment like that, right. you know, where he, you know, he's not blaming me. I didn't put an insect in his soup, right. you know, yeah. but he said, Hey, you know, there, there's a, you know, a bug in my soup or whatever. Like, oh, it looks like he's having a lot of fun. And they laughed, right. They, they, I'm like, here, let me take care of that for you. And I, t-, you know, um, but then I've had other people that were just like guns a blazing right off the bat. Yeah. And you know, that that's like, yo, dude, man, I'm just. I'm just trying to make a living here, man. I don't know why you're being such a jackass. I had not that long ago. I wasn't. I wasn't an a-hole customer, but I, I let <laughs> I let the establishment get to me, uh, and I'll explain. Yes, uh, over the person who was helping me out. I'm not going to say where I was, but I was taking some these kids to go to this place. And it costs. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I know you do. Because <laughs> I, I talked to you about it. It, ta- it costs like thirty bucks per kid to go into this place. I'm just there to escort them into this place, and then I'm told, "No, you have to pay too." I'm like, "I have to pay thirty dollars too." I'm- oh man! So, so this just went to ninety dollars, and I, I, I go, and the guy who's behind the counter helping me, I just go, I just go, "That's obscene." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said it like that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. And then, and then I just go. I, I and I literally said this word. I pulled up my credit card and I just go hit it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah. then, I, and then I said after that, I go, I go. I'm sorry. It's not your fault. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but this meanwhile, is... they're like 18 and they don't care either. I, and that's <laughs> the, yeah. the look I was getting from this person, Kathy, was I don't care. As in. They they hear this several yeah. times. Are you coming a day. in or yeah. not? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and so oh. so that's a problem that I have with like a lot of like carnival rides, amusement parks. Is plus you have to look at the guy's balls. I have to look yeah. at nut sacks hanging out of jean shorts. Right. Um, I I have a real problem with having to pay tickets to get on a ride that I don't want to ride. I'm on there just because my child needs right. adult supervision. But anyhow, the point was, yeah. is this service person, it wasn't their fault. Right. I started to head down that path, and I'm like, what are you doing? It's yeah. not this kid's fault. Child. Right. That's dumb. But you so, would imagine. But people have to deal with that all the time. Yes, sir. And especially if you got a smile and everything, you know? Have you guys heard of toxic positivity? No. No. Tell, all right. So yeah. um, there's a difference between validation and hope and toxic positivity. And... Uh, I have mixed feelings on this because sometimes people are just naturally positive. Um, Kristen down the hall is a naturally positive oh my God. person. Is. And, Good and God. She's one of the happiest everything. people in the world. And, and, and I feel better about myself when I'm around Kristen Herman. She's yeah. just a, a positive, smiling person, that is, and it's genuine. And even if she gets angry, because she does get angry at some things, she turns it around in the conversation from when she started to like not be so happy, and by the end of the conversation, you've said nothing, and she's happy about the situation and walks away. Right. So that genuine, she's even super cute when she's angry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that genuine approach uh, is um, reinforces actual positivity. I think toxic positivity is forced fake positivity in order to yeah. try to make you feel better, but it end up, ends up making you feel worse. Right, right, right. Uh, well, yes. Can you and, give an example of that? Yes. Well, the, lost. There's a chart here up on the screen, Preston. And so there, there's validation and hope versus toxic positivity. Okay, so here we go. Uh, validation and hope. This is hard. You've done hard things before, and I believe in you. Toxic positivity is you'll get over it. That's a dismissive <laughs> comment. Okay. Right. It's not a comment. Uh, you know it's what, what you're telling yourself, Jesus. right? That sounds like me you're talking. Telling my... yourself or you're telling yourself. You're telling someone else. It's <laughs> both. It's it's uh, you know, Kathy. I'm I'm in a really tough day. Instead of you making me feel better and saying this is hard, you'll you've done hard things and you'll you'll do better. You'll say, oh, you'll 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 get over it. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Okay. This sounds like me talking to my kids. Oh my god, that's terrible. All it right, sounds well, like we're me learning. talking to myself. Uh, here's one uh, here. Validation and help. I know there's a lot that could go wrong. What could go right though? Uh, toxic positivity is just be positive. 
Another one is all vibes are welcome here. Uh, toxic positivity is good vibes only. Um, here's one validation. Hope says it's pretty normal to have some negativity in this situation and toxic positivity would be stop being so negative. I see the intention is there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The intention is to, to reassure, but maybe choosing how you say it is, uh, well, and in fact, that's a, true in a lot of things. Well, it goes down to, so like, um, for example, when, when my wife and I were learning how to communicate and fight and so on and so forth or whatever, she does not need me to say, Hey, buck up. You know, buck yeah. up, kid. You're going to be aces. It's like I I understand what you're going through, and I and I I feel you know I I I I connect to what you're saying. I understand what you're going through. It's tough and though. I support you. When you're... And that that's that's really what she wants, as opposed to, hey, buckaroo. Yeah, it's so funny though. In the movie, this is forty. Yeah, where they've clearly been through therapy. And oh she, yeah, and they're starting to have an argument. And he goes, "Can we talk the way the therapist told us to talk?" <laughs> okay. I don't appreciate it. And they say, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're saying these words, but they're using these inflections. I don't appreciate it. <laughs> right, right, exactly. You say things that make me feel hurt. <laughs> with uh, that, with that, the anger <laughs> seething underneath. Just, yeah, yeah. just gritting their teeth. And then that well, all goes out the window. Let me go to some calls of people who have to do this, uh, this type of thing, who have to smile through it all. Let me go to John. Hi, John. You're on the air. Good morning. Hey, how you doing? You guys rock. Thank Woo! you, John. What's up, ma'am? So I worked uh, in the automotive industry. I was a service advisor uh, for years, and that's probably the best example of having to put on a smile uh, with lots of angry people. Uh, uh, it's especially unique in the automotive industry because most people, when they're taking their car, it, it's not, it, it really never is a pleasurable experience for them. So. Uh, Right out of the gate, it, it's an errand that they don't want to run, even if it's a simple oil change. So generally, you have to not only be nice to the person, but you have to somehow turn them around at the end of the day yeah. and make them satisfied with the situation. So it is very hard because, you know, you might see maybe 30 faces, 40 faces a day. And, you know, some of them, no matter what you do, they're not going to be happy, but you have to keep that smile on. Because everybody's paychecks are based off of CSI or customer service index. So, right. You know, if you don't have happy customers, you're not getting paid. So, so John, to uh, this to yeah. this study that was done, out how quickly do you run to the bar? <laughs> yeah. Well, see, that's the thing. I'm I'm a unique person in the industry. It was a unique person in the industry because I'm I'm a straight edge. I don't drink. Um, but those around me, I mean, it it the industry runs rampant with alcoholism and yes. drug use wow it's an absolute mess it's and you an think and, and you think from your experience part of that is coping with what you have to do all day long maybe oh absolutely okay. it starts at seven in the morning and generally goes to six at night and it's just dealing with just getting battered all yeah. day john i've and seen i've seen like some it. expert people uh in your industry just diffuse and handle people and stay smiling and well, we're gonna we're, we're gonna take a look at that. We're gonna see we have you know and 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 keep an upbeat and somebody who is obviously in the mood to fight and defuse oh, it. Yeah. You're almost like a crisis counselor, uh, and and I think that's when um you know, President, in this case where it starts to add up and you need to go home and get bombed. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it, let's push. They put on a very good front, but um, once those doors are closed and they're 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 behind the scenes, it's. It's it's a complete mess. What do you okay. think if you were to say, "Hey, buck up, buckaroo"? Mm-hmm. Hey, oh, yeah. yeah, all those yeah, all those dismissive it terms work too well. Yeah, no. Yeah, I, just, I right. also wanted to speak to one thing. I left that industry and did go into something that actually does bring me satisfaction every day. And I can say that between the two, 
um, it, it's night and day. So, like, when, when you really are um, encouraged about what you do and, and you're inspired by it, yeah. it, it changes your entire outlook. So, how, how long have you been working in porn then? Yeah. I think. Thanks, Yeah, yeah, me too. Appreciate it. Let me go to uh, Kelsey, customer service trainer. Hi, Kelsey. Hi. Good morning, you guys. Thank you, Kelsey. What do you want to add to this conversation? Oh Lord, I could speak to this ad nauseum, but Uh I'm just going to give it from the training perspective. I absolutely understand why somebody would be compelled to head right for the bar. (laughs) Um, I've worked in customer service for many, many years, and part of the curriculum in a retail establishment was that we did a a training program. It was based off an acronym. I'm not going to go into what that was, but the first letter of the word was S. Okay. The first day was eight hours of nothing but smile and greet role-playing repeatedly over and over again, which is, to me, something that should come very naturally if you're going to be in the customer service industry. You ought to know how to do that, whether it's faking it or genuine. Kelsey, what was the the industry that you were were having this intense training for? This was a retail business, a company, and we... We sold um, medical equipment of some sort. I'll leave it at that. Okay, you are a, a, a pusher. Are you, no. Uh, are, yeah. All right. So so okay. So and and uh, it, it was very intense. Did you feel drained? And were you were you noticing yourself succumbing to this kind of depression and perhaps drinking and all that stuff? Was that working its way into your life? Uh, well, at certain points in time, of course, as I got older. Um, happy hour could not last until midnight or one in the morning any longer. But yes, because what happens is to John, your previous caller, you are absolutely fielding people's bad day all day long. So Mm -hmm. they'll come in and, you know, I'm a customer as well. I I patronize businesses and I've been on both ends of it, but I absolutely understand how all day long after you've just been beaten and battered over something that you have no control over number one like Preston you were saying that I was so happy to hear you say you kind of got that in check <laughs> after the thirty dollars yeah yeah not the person behind the counter you know it, it's not my name on the door I wish I could do something to make you happy but when you come in unhappy and I'll tell you Rainy days were the worst. It was like because of the rain. Worms. Yeah. Well, the worms come out when it rains, right? All right. So, you know, but yeah, it, it it can absolutely lead you to find some sort of comfort before you take it. Over were you Were you the motivational speaker by, by the way, Kelsey? I the worms not. come out. I just want everyone to know it's raining and the worms are coming for you. Thank you for attending. <laughs> <laughs> Buck up, buckaroo. All right. All right. No, we, we yeah. It, it, it was, it's, well, they, they, I, got, I got to move on to some yeah. other calls, but thank you, Kelsey. We appreciate the call. Uh, let me go to the guy who is uh, serving the drinks. I'm going to go to Kenny. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Kenny, good morning. Hey, guys. Gadzooks. Gadzooks. What's up, man? 
So I used to get really mad uh, at situations of guests being ignorant or rude. Yeah. But then I realized that, am I going to be mad about this in 10 minutes? No. So I would let it go. But yeah. it, you have to come in with the mindset that when people come into a restaurant, whether they're having a good day or they're having a bad day, they want to leave in a better mood than whatever it is they came in with. That's a good way to think of it. Yeah. Bartenders don't have to put that same smile on that uh, regular servers do, though. Bartenders can have a little bit of attitude. I've noticed. You, can. you know, if you if you develop a relationship with regulars, you know, you can kind of bounce off of them. Um, but at the same time, if you're going to let something get under your skin that easily, yeah. then you shouldn't be doing that anyway. Because let me, so, let, let me ask you, Kenny. So, so you, the, we always hear the notion of the bartender as, as sort of the uh, the, the uh, psychotherapist and all that stuff. Were, were you? Did you have that kind of relationship with your customers where you would, you would be a, a sounding board when they had issues? Absolutely. And, you know, it got to the point where people were really invested in my personal life, asking mm-hmm. about what I was doing, too. And I would have to kind of almost draw that line where I didn't want to tell them exactly sure. yeah. what's going on personally. Because, yeah. But people would say, oh, I'm having a rough day. I need a stiff drink. And you know, just, just keep them flowing and things like that. But, yeah, and I could see if you somebody sitting down and you're like, oh, this guy's going to be here for a while. Yeah. 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 I remember the bar I went to. John at the bar, he was a friend of mine. Yeah. And uh, he would give me my drinks for free, and he was always quick to, with a joke or to light up my smoke. It was yeah. awesome. And you guys would always talk about how uh, you, you, you hated the ending of Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kenny, thanks for your call. We appreciate Thank it. Guys. All right, see you. <laughs> Uh, anyhow, uh, keep that in mind if you are... Depre- I'm depressed now, for Christ's sake. Uh, you want one more uh, bit of salient advice? I don't know. I want uh, another, I want another not joke. To be, not Casey. to be a downer. Um, well, And then we'll get to a joke. So, right. Casey, you think of a good joke, and then I'll say this. All right. And I'll say this, and then you think of a good joke. Okay. I already got uh, one. Uh, don't ever say to a depressed person, what do you have to be depressed about? It, it, it's, it's counterintuitive, um, and it's it's bad to say that to somebody who's dealing yeah, with depression. Sure. So yeah. just be sympathetic and listen to them instead of... Instead of saying how great their life is? Yeah. Oh, you have this going for you and that going for you. And now, Casey, it's time for a joke. Did you guys know how uh, <laughs> Moses made his tea? No. How he made his tea. Yeah, he brewed it. Excuse me? He brewed it. He, he brewed, brewed it. it. Okay. Like it. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> right. Everybody, everybody's smiling now. Everybody right? feels good yeah, about it, right? Now, right? <laughs> Seriously <laughs> considering suicide. All right. We're going to take a break. We'll come back in a moment. But uh, just keep smiling, everybody. Smiling. <laughs> He's going to be okay. What a pet me up. only got to like 5, 6 o'clock today. Holy Jesus. All right. We'll be back in just a moment. B-File stories are coming up. What's new? Glad you asked. Greta Van Fleet. Chester Bennington. The Glorious Sun. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. All right, we're going to do the Bizarre File first and foremost. Now, bizarre. WMMR presents bizarre. Kristen and Steve's Bizarre, bizarre File. <laughs> All right, this morning is brought to you by Maury's Pier, Wildwood Stock. Rocks Maury's Pier in Wildwood, New Jersey, May 3rd through the 5th. And they're going to have live music, a vow renewal ceremony in front of the giant Ferris wheel, rides, and the debut of the Wildwooder Beer. Ah, uh, love brewed it. By K- and spelled Wooder, W-O-O-D-E-R. Uh, brewed by Cape May Brewing Company, all commemorating Maury's 50th anniversary. I don't know if you guys saw this, but pretty wild photos showing a dead beast with its jaws clamped around a turtle, a turtle have gone viral on Facebook. 
Uh, users have been circulating shocking pictures after they were originally shared by fisherman Greg Vela. He said that uh, there was chatter among fishermen that there was a great white shark swimming around near Japan with a turtle stuck in its mouth. Wow. And then the next day, it was found dead, tangled up in some netting with the turtle still in its mouth. I like turtles. Uh, with the monster estimating to weigh in around uh, 2,000 kilograms. Uh, Vela said that I was It even out, uses the metric system. I was out commercial fishing for uh, tuna when I heard chatter on the radio. There was a white shark swimming around with a big sea turtle in its mouth. People started to joke about it, so I did not pay it any more attention. The next day, it was found dead near the bait receivers, tangled in some netting. The captains I interviewed... Uh, who saw the uh, the shark the day before said it looked close to death as it could not dislodge the giant turtle. And get the chicken thing out. Uh, the commercial guys were bummed, he said, as white sharks do not bother their commercial fishing and most certainly do bother the things that eat our catch. So they want the sharks there. Of course they do. Uh, the photos quickly spread across social media like wildfire with thousands of likes and shares. It is possible for fishes to choke as food or on food that is too large it impedes their gills and leaves them unable to breathe. So what you're saying is that uh, the, the average sea turtle preys upon great white sharks? Yeah, that's what happens. Okay. Yeah. Uh, however, the shark being uh, tangled in the nets could also have contributed yeah. to its death. Police say a man is charged with drunken driving after he backed into another vehicle and then inadvertently began towing it all over the place behind his truck. Oh, man. Officers were on patrol around 11 p.m. Saturday when they saw a large pickup truck that appeared to be towing a vehicle. And after realizing there were no rear lights on either car, they stopped the truck. The officer's roadside investigation revealed 25-year-old Justin Sprawl had backed his truck into another vehicle, pushing his trailer hitch into the rear bumper of the second car. How um, do you not know that's going on? He Well, you're hammered. Yeah. Uh, he, he didn't realize the other vehicle was attached to his. There was no one in the second vehicle during the incident. Why is this guy following so closely? And he was uh, arrested on char- and charged with operating under the influence. How far would you go to avoid paying an overweight baggage fee? Well, one woman decided to layer up after being told her suitcase was too heavy. She ended up wearing nine pounds of clothing on a plane instead of forking over the $85 overweight baggage fee at an airport in England. 85 bucks. The woman had booked an all... Well, listen to this. She had had a legitimate reason. She had booked an all-inclusive vacation and did not bring along enough money with her. She wasn't going to need money where she was going. Of course, yeah. And she said, I didn't want to be using the little amount I had just so that I could get my bag on the plane. This is Natalie Wynn. Uh, she said, I literally said, I'm not paying for it. And she started, I started putting my clothes on. I was boiling, absolutely <laughs> boiling hot on the plane. She ended up wearing nearly half of the clothes that she had packed, including seven dresses, a skirt, two pairs of shoes, and two pairs of shorts and a cardigan. How do you wear two pairs of shoes at once? That's a good question. I don't know how she pulled that off. All right, and then we'll do one more story, and we will wrap it up. About $30,000 in cash. Flew out of a truck in Michigan and spilled onto the highway last week. The bills, which fell out of a cardboard box, were strewn across the road just before 9 p.m. Thursday, driving motorists from their cars in a rash to attempt to collect as much cash as they could grab. At the time, officers had gathered about $2,400 of the missing money, and Good Samaritans had returned about 4500 Yeah, it's not uh, if you... If you catch it, you keep it. Uh, as of Saturday morning, but yeah, they only got about seven thousand. The rest of the thirty thousand uh, may be gone for good. So people are out grabbing it. Yeah, remember that was a, the uh, it happened here. Um, yeah, they ended up making a movie about it, um, like a 
Something yeah. fell off of the armored car. Right, I told right, you guys right. about it. John yeah. Cusack was in it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. yeah, it was a true story in South Philly. All right, and there you go. That's what I have for you in the Bizarre File this morning. Uh, this is a very cool thing that involves the Philadelphia Fire Department. Uh, and we have uh, two of their top guys here to tell us about what is going on. I'd like to welcome Philadelphia Fire Commissioner Adam Teal and Battalion Chief and Fire Prevention uh, Officer Tommy Kane. Yay! Gentlemen, thanks for coming in this morning. Absolutely. Uh, no We're glad to be here. You know what? Before we get into this, um, because you've got something that's, uh, that people can access for free, which is really cool, there are so many times that you hear of a fatal fire on the news and then you hear the words, Smoke uh, smoke detectors were not operational in the house. It's got to happen. That's got to be the main uh, cause of fatalities, I would imagine, in house fires, right? Well, it's pretty tragic. You know, we've already had, unfortunately, about uh, 15 fire deaths this year so far in Philadelphia. Wow. And uh, a number of those, you're right, did not have working smoke alarms. You know, every one of those deaths is a tragedy. It's uh, even more of a tragedy when it's preventable from having a working smoke alarm. Yeah, yeah. So there, actually, there's a, a really, really powerful commercial that's going on right now that i just saw a couple of nights ago where it's um it's just totally silent the commercial is totally silent and there's uh some words on the screen and you see like a little girl sleeping in her bed and the camera you know kind of pans away and it just says you know uh, a lot of times you don't hear you know it's a silent killer and then the the camera pans down the hallway and that's when you see the fire fire. engulfing it's it's scary but uh, wow so what's what's the ratio for example you know i'm as president said you encountering uh, smoke alarms that are not operating and then houses that don't even have any smoke alarm or anything at all, um, you know, and even though they're, 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 they're fairly inexpensive, I mean, even though people who do have them sometimes forget to do the upkeep on them, uh, you know, mine chirp when the battery starts to get low and, uh, but they're, you know, it, it's, it's still, it's, it's such an essential thing, but it's something that we, oh yeah, I, I, you know, uh, maybe I should check into that or, uh, you know, you, uh, sadly it doesn't really come to mind until you hear a story in the news that reminds you that you need it. That's right. People take it for granted and, and don't necessarily think about fire as something that they have to worry about. The yeah. reality is we have seven to eight working building fires every day in the city of Philadelphia. So it is something that people are exposed to. The great news is in the city of Philadelphia, you can get a smoke alarm for free by contacting 311. We'll actually come out and install it for you. That's perfect. Yeah, That's you awesome. guys know what you're doing. So, yeah, Tommy, you guys got a big grant. Is that uh, what this is part of? Yeah, two years ago, uh, we, we applied for a grant for a million dollars. And uh, what we're doing is installing 31,000 10-year smoke alarms. So, the, so part of the problem that you mentioned is people forget to change batteries. Well, you don't have to change the battery with these. are 10-year lithium batteries. Really? So that when, when most smoke alarms have a life of 10 years anyway. Yeah. So uh, the 10-year battery will last a life of the smoke alarm. Then it's time to replace it. Okay. And then I saw this other thing, which... I'll, I'll tell you the story. Uh, one night, for some reason, our, our alarm tripped in, in our house. Probably 2 o'clock in the morning, okay? So it goes off. It ended up being a false alarm. I never did find out why it went off. But I bolt out of bed immediately. I'm freaking out about what's going on. All three of my kids, not one of them budged. And they all had alarms <laughs> in their rooms and they Jeez. slept through it. The alarms are going off and they're sleeping. It's insanely yeah. loud. I mean, like, I was covering my ears it was that loud. But you guys have a solution for that, right? Yeah, we do. There's a couple things. One, for folks who are deaf or hard of hearing, we have what are called adaptive smoke alarms. We've got 4,000 of those through the grant. And we still have a lot of those. We've done about 25,000 smoke alarm installations, the regular ones. We still have a lot of those adaptive smoke alarms left. For kids, you raise another great point. It's important not just to have the alarms 
in your home, but to have a plan, to have an escape plan, to close your door at night. A closed door can stop a lot of smoke and fire and that moving through the building. So you bring up some great points in that having that plan, knowing what to do when the alarms go off and taking your kids through that, you know, making them do it, making them do an escape plan. Having a gathering place is really important. We bought the ladders. We have the, the yeah, rope, we have you the, gotta we have, have the rope ladders. Yeah, yeah. With them? yeah, What's that? Have you practiced with them? No, no. like well, actually, guess what? Actually, <laughs> carefully. Try it you mean doing it? Yes. Try it. That sometime. actually sounds kind of fun. <laughs> carefully, very carefully. Well, yeah, that, definitely lot, carefully. A lot of people will buy them. I found one. We just moved, and uh, we found one in the closet. <laughs> That's me and, trying uh, it out. My wife's like, oh, this is great. I say, they're not that great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Smoke, get out of the house. Take the stairs. It's a lot easier. But if you have them and you plan on using them, practice with them because it's not as easy as you think okay. in an emergency what you're going to do. But if you do have them, they can save your life, certainly. But you do want to get familiar with it a little bit. Okay. So, um, so open them up out of the box that yeah. it's sitting in in my closet? <laughs> Probably a good idea to yeah, just get it out and ready so you don't <laughs> you have to. Get the How do I get this open? It's, it's, <laughs> oh, you have to put it together, too. Yeah, the plastic is still wrapped around it's it. It's a different feeling climbing down one of these. And I have. We've, you know, there. it's a little, it's the chain, you know, and it, it, it folds out. But it's a, it's a, it's not uh, your usual ladder. So, yeah. yeah. The great thing about the smoke alarms is it gives you that early warning. So you're able to get out of the building, you know, properly or without having that urgency immediately. I mean, yeah. obviously it's urgent because there's a fire in your house. And honestly, with you guys installing it, that really, I mean, obviously, they're not that difficult, but if you're not sure, you guys will come and do it, and that helps with uh, with uh, peace of mind. You'd mentioned that when you sleep, uh, when you're sleeping, is it, you say it's a be- the best idea is to have your door closed to your room, right? That's right. We say close before you doze. It really okay. can stop a lot of heat and fire and smoke from, from getting to you. So that is something that makes a huge difference, and we're seeing that from research around the country. But a lot of that research is happening right here in Philadelphia. So, so like, with kids, you know, a lot of parents are, um, leave the door open a crack or whatever, or, or you know, but if you can get them comfortable with keeping the door closed, that's the way to go. Yeah, it makes a huge difference. All right. I've been in fires with my own eyes, seeing uh, the whole second floor will be burned up uh, one one room would be completely clean because the door was closed no wow. okay. yes okay so, well there you go it's right so it's as simple as calling 311 right it is they also have a, an app you can use and so having that working smoke alarm practicing those home escape drills it is about practice and doing all the other things to help prevent fires is really critical for us as we say fire is everyone's fight and so again i want to hear this again so you said that uh, on any given day seven to eight fires a day in philadelphia yeah we have seven to eight what we call working fires yeah. uh, every day so that's you know fire coming out of a window everybody would agree that's a fire and then we have a lot of smaller incidents too whether it's from cooking or electrical or heating or carelessly discarded smoking materials folks can go to our website at philadelphia.gov slash fire and get some great fire safety tips if you live outside the philadelphia area um what should you contact your local fire company about things like this as well yeah your local fire company the Red Cross is a great partner, the Red Cross uh, chapter here. They're doing some big sound the alarm, smoke alarm installations all around the region. I know they're kicking it off in Philly on May 3rd, but they've been out in the counties uh, for the past several weeks. And again, they're always a great partner for us. And uh, Fire Prevention Week, that comes up in the fall, right? Yes, it does. That's okay. uh, October. And okay. again, you'll hear a lot more from us. Hopefully, we'll be back on the show then Please to, do. Uh, again, yeah. spread the word and uh, get those smoke alarms out there. Excellent. Well, thank you guys for coming by. Yeah. It's a really cool thing. Congratulations on the grant. You yeah. guys are doing great work. And listen, folks, if you need it, call them. That's what they're here for. They're going to take care of you. So we appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having us. Thank you for coming by. Yeah. Fire Commissioner Adam Teal and Battalion Chief of Fire Prevention uh, Tommy Kane. We are going to take a break. We'll come back in a moment and we'll have our lesson questions. Stay close. Steve Show podcast? Check out MMR's other audio on demand at WMMR.com or on the MMR mobile app. 
Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. I have a shart out to do. It is a request from one of our interns. Sure. Intern Ben wants to wish his dad a happy birthday. Give him a big shart out. His dad is Bill Woodring. And Bill turns 58 years old today. So if we could give him a shart out, that'd be very cool. So happy birthday, Mr. Woodring. And uh, that's from your son, Ben, which is really it's very nice. nice. It's a nice gesture. It's a very nice gesture. Hey, I would like to reiterate the information that we imparted earlier today about the, pres- I believe, for presidency blood drive. Uh, and I'm going from memory because I don't have uh, I have it here. You, have you it? know, because I mean, oh, hell. Right? Yeah, well, we weren't actually supposed to make this announcement until tomorrow. So the information is not actually going to. Are you serious? That's my fault, man. I, I didn't read. <laughs> I don't read too good. Uh, but oh. just the information is not going to be readily available until tomorrow after 8 o'clock. Listen, um, you're still upset about the whole Pee Wee Herman. I, well, <laughs> I didn't know that he yeah. didn't die. Uh, well, so here's a teaser. So it becomes active tomorrow? So you yeah. can't sign up yet? Can't sign up until right. tomorrow, I believe. All right. Tomorrow we'll get you the details. The problem is, uh, uh, peeling the curtain back, Eric Simon's not in today. So he handed me the sheet early yesterday because he wasn't going to be here today to hand me the sheet and that, for tomorrow. He's, he's very I, thorough, Eric. I apologize. I thought I heard in the meeting yesterday that we were announcing it today. So, yeah. you know. It's still good to save the date for people to be aware of the 15th. June 15th. You know? Yeah, yeah and, and exactly. then they can prepare tomorrow to be a part of it. And in all seriousness, we really do want to make it the biggest in the country. So the more we hit it, we the do. better. And you're right. And, and the, the yeah. whole tease about that and you, the story that you relayed earlier, which is the truth, we were just a few pints off of making this the... Uh, would have been the largest blood drive in the country. We didn't even know. The Red Cross told us. So we are kind of going for the uh, the gusto this year and seeing if we can break the record for the country, the uh, the, the largest uh, blood drive. Mm-hmm. And uh, we need your help. Yeah, I gave it the big sell and everything. It's, it's okay. It's okay. No, I know. I just feel bad if people started calling and they're like, we don't know what you're talking about. So, well, well, big sell sorry. Now. In Peter a way, Butter. though, maybe Pee Wee Herman would have pulled through with some blood. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. So this is like a dress rehearsal. Okay, tomorrow, <laughs> main event. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. People, obvi- the people trust you more when they know you're not always accurate with your information. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to do today's lesson question, and we are going to give away a pair of tickets and some free food for the food truck craze Cinco Bash May fourth and fifth, and it's at the Oaks uh, Expo Center outside. Anyway. Uh, let's see here. We have a lot of really good questions I could ask. Um, uh, how about, um, this one? What was E.T.'s job on his home planet? Mm-hmm. Which I think is legit. It's actually yeah. legit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 215-263-WMMR. What was uh, E.T.'s job on his home planet? 215-263-WMMR. If you were listening and you know... Well, now is your time to call. Let's see if you can get through them. We're going to do the trash while you're calling us. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. Trash this morning is brought to you by A.D. Moyer. A.D. Moyer Lumber is celebrating 80 years of supplying quality building materials and service. Four generations, one family, one commitment. Learn more 
at admoyer.com. What's going on this morning, Steve? Well, the main financial backer of Woodstock 50 has officially withdrawn its support, rendering the festival in deep trouble. Amplify Live issued a statement saying they believe the spirit of Woodstock will live on, but with some other sucker footing the bill. (laughs) (laughs) Mason Ramsey, a.k.a. Yodel Kid, who became a viral sensation after yodeling at a Walmart in Illinois, is heading out on a 30-city tour. Said Mason, quote, I'm hankering to get out on the road and remind people why they hate yodeling. (laughs) And finally, Little Woman L.A. star Todd Gibble, vowing to save his marriage by seeking professional help for treatment of depression, Gibble blames himself for everything, saying he's been under the weather and under the coffee table and hiding behind the couch. <laughs> <laughs> that's your Gibble. Gibble. Right. That, that, for a little person, that's that's a really horrible name. Little. What's, your, what's your name, little fella? Gibble. Hey, Gibble. Gibble. <laughs> My name's Gibble. Shut up. It sounds like a clown name, right? Yeah. It? Gibble yeah. the Clown. Hi, I'm Gibble. My name's oh. Gibble the Clown. Hey, shut up. All right, we'll see if somebody knows the answer to this question. Uh, what was E.T.'s job on uh, his home planet? And I will go to John and see if we can get the answer. Good morning, John. Good morning. All right. Uh, we're just looking for E.T.'s job on his home planet. What was it? Was he a botanist? A botanist. He was. Yeah. All right. All right. Hang on, John. Here we get your information. We give you a pair of tickets and some free food at the food truck craze Cinco Bash happening May 4th and 5th outside the Oaks Expo Center. Over 30 food trucks, axe throwing, zip lining, oversized inflatable games. Everybody out on the dance floor. <laughs> Live music, margaritas, and more. Uh, tickets on sale at foodtruckcraze.com. Go on, everybody. Get out on the dance floor. Let's rip it up. On the wheels of steel, E.T. Yeah, man. Yeah. I can go all night. My fingers are 15 inches long. <laughs> All right, music news. Here we go. Now, Preston and Steve's music news on 93.3 WMMR. Oh, God, I love that. Who knew E.T. would be a part of the show at this point? You know, no. Yeah. You know, the movie's kind of over. It's over decades (laughs) over. Hey, if we could bring James Mason back. You think they'll ever do that? You think they'll ever redo that movie? I mean, with the way they can do effects now, I don't. I don't know if it you know would be, you can never say never as, heart, as heartwarming as it was. You know, because it was all physical effects. Yeah, you know, that was done CGI. They could certainly do it. I mean, they they certainly have the 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 ability to create an emotional, yeah. you know, they, creature. They re released it with additional yeah. digital footage a few years ago, and it was uh, a little creepy. Remember, they took the gun off the guy's hip, and people oh, made a big right. deal about no. that. No. Yeah, so one of the, the, the agents, whatever this organization was to come in and quarantine yeah. everything, the guy was wearing a sidearm, and uh, they took that away. They felt it was too threatening, or Spielberg didn't want it in there or something huh. like that. So they made some weird little changes to the movie. Yeah, they gave the gun to E.T. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> the playing field's even now, isn't it? Sons of bitches. No, they shoot six or only five. <laughs> Feeling kind of lucky. You know, when I saw the hubbub, I sort of lost count. <laughs> Because I'm not a mathematician. I'm my home. You're a binomial. You're, you're a bot. <laughs> Shut up. I, I, I probably should go back and watch the movie because I don't remember anything about it. Did they, did the kids name him E.T.? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now it's on this little piece of paper on my uh, lapel here. Hi, I'm E.T. I'm in town for a convention. Yeah, they named me E.T. 
because essentially the name of the movie is Extraterrestrial. The Extraterrestrial. Yeah, picked up on that. Yes, I did. Thank you. Sorry, Eat. (laughs) Remember, I'm a botanist. Hey, we're talking about music news. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we're going to begin with the, uh, Steve just touched on this actually in the trash, the uh, proposed Woodstock Festival, uh, Woodstock 50 Festival in Watkins Glen, New York, slated to uh, mark the 50th anniversary of the legendary music festival, has been canceled. According to Billboard, the festival was canceled due to concerns about the capacity of the festival, permit issues, and site readiness. On Monday... Uh, Dentsu, one of the festival's main investors, announced that the That's show... That's my cousin. Uh, the E.T.'s cousin at Dentsu. Uh, no, they announced that the uh, the show, organized in part by Woodstock co-founder Michael Lang, would not proceed. Uh, Dentsu said in a statement, despite our tremendous investment of time, effort, and commitment, we don't believe the production of the festival can be executed as an event worthy of the Woodstock brand name, while also ensuring the health and safety of the artists, partners, and attendees. As a result, and after careful consideration, Dentsu Aegea's uh, network Amplify Live, a partner of Woodstock 50, has decided to cancel the festival. Meanwhile, though, a representative for the festival issued a statement saying Woodstock 50 vehemently denies the festival's cancellation and legal remedy will be sought. You uh, know, when you hear this, Preston, and it's what a lot of people have been bringing up, the uh, you know the memories of the... Um Fire fest. Fire or fry? Was is it? it fire or fry? Fire. Fire, fire. fire festival. So that that whole thing, um, and you know, you remember there yeah. were issues with the bands were signed on, and then there was things getting changed behind the scenes, and and when you have people committed to the project on the order of Jay Z, and you know, they're they're not gonna they're not gonna let this go too long without making sure they they're getting paid. No, they better fix this quick, man. Yep. So they basically they're saying they're still working on it. The money people have pulled out, but that doesn't mean that they can't find somebody else to help out with it. Or they might say they might try to go after them legally and say, "You guys pulled out too uh, at the last minute here." You yeah. know, we, we, were, we had a lot of this stuff working. So I don't know what's going to happen, but they're saying it's canceled. But other people are saying they're holding out hope for have it. And they're still working on it. Purchase tickets yet? Or? No, the, the tickets have not. They they delayed they the sale. They were going to go on sale, and then they they canceled mm-hmm. that that okay. sale date. Yeah. Uh, Dave Grohl's recent trip to Seattle, during which he was busking with Brandy Carlisle, apparently had more than performing outside of Pike's Place Market on the agenda. In an interview with Rolling Stone, Carlisle explained that she's working with Dave on a project, but wouldn't offer many details. She said, I don't really want to give it away, but he came out to my house to talk to me about something he's working on, and it's more like one of his doc series, one of his documentaries. Is so, there an album involved? E.T. <laughs> sat down with Dave and asked the important questions. Uh, is Dave, it just a documentary or is there an album involved? Uh, Dave wasn't very talkative. Uh, but Grohl's mother, Virginia, revealed late last year that a documentary about her son's life had started... She wrote a book, too. ...had started shooting, and both mother and son were reportedly developing a series based on Virginia's <clears throat> book of interviews with moms and musical stars. We'll see if that ends up happening. <laughs> it's inspiring music, isn't it? It is. All right, Slipknot. Full of whimsy. Uh, Slipknot. John Williams. Slipknot has <laughs> shared another short teaser for the band's upcoming sixth studio album. The Instagram video shows some of Slipknot's equipment along with distorted music playing in the background. An accompanying caption reads, Album 6, August 9th. Hmm. Uh, the upcoming disc will include the song "All Out of uh, All Out Life," 
uh, which was released last October, and the track's accompanying video was directed by the band's percussionist, Sean Clown Crahan. Def Leppard will release its second limited edition box set, Def Leppard Volume 2. Uh, the collection is the second of four planned volumes, chronicling the band's complete recorded output. Newly remastered as both a 10-LP, 180-gram vinyl box and limited edition 7-CD set featuring all the recordings from the band's 1990s with their original packaging. Also included its 40-page hardbound book packed with rare photos by Ross Halflin and introductions written by the entire band. So. You know, a lot of times with these albums, when they do the remastering and, uh, you know, they, I've... I've... When this used to be all the rage, oh, they've remastered this album. I'm going to run out and get it. And then, uh, like, you get it and you say, I can't tell the difference. I can't tell the difference. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. I could on uh, Pearl Jam's uh, remastered 10. Yep. I thought there was yeah. a definite, well, definite they, distance. They changed uh, them, too. Some of the songs were different, differently produced. Uh, you'd hear certain vocals and, and oh. certain guitar riffs and things there like that. There you go. Well, that's why. Yeah. Well, that's the reason. Yes. <laughs> 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 Did you know that on my home... You- We're a botanist. <laughs> yes, we know. We know. <laughs> Got it. Out today is Kiss guitarist Paul Stanley and singer. Uh, second memoir titled Backstage Pass. The book follows Stanley's 2014 autobiography, Face the Music, A Life Exposed, which debuted at number two on the New York Times uh, list. Uh, the In Face the Music, Stanley talked frankly about his early struggles with hearing. He was born with uh, level three... Microtia, wow, and is deaf in his right ear. Microtia is a, a congenital deformity of the cartilage and the outer ear that can affect normal hearing. It's also the food we eat on my homework. <laughs> Microtia. Uh, it's a lot like Reese's Pieces. Exactly. Excerpts from Backstage Pass talk about, uh, in it he talks about reconnecting with original guitarist Ace Freely. And having him back in a larger capacity in my life, he said, due to the shared magic of Kiss history and accomplishments. The same, however, cannot be said for co-founding uh, member and drummer Peter Chris. Mm. With Stanley writing, Peter, unfortunately, is a different story. I don't think Peter has any life. He seems consumed by some kind of reality that his wife tells him. Uh, he's all. I know this is harsh. That's oh. harsh. He says he's always been negative and always maintained an us. Sounds against, like he's pee whipped and us against them mentality. And I don't want that in my life. Uh, Stanley went on to write it. Is, <laughs> it isn't about having differences because I'm sure that Ace and I have differences. It's Peter's overall sense of anger and resentment and feeling like a victim. Hmm. He needs uh, to acknowledge his participation and then change things. I think Peter's life is probably very one-dimensional, uninteresting, unstimulating, which is a result of seeing the world negatively and seeing everyone from behind, from the band members to the hotel service people as disrespectful. That's not a world anyone should live in, and I don't want to be a part of it. I've known people like that, that he's describing, and they're uh, wholly unpleasant to be around. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty wild. I was, I'd was i never heard that. I about... think E.T. hit the nail on the head. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe E.T. would like some of your falafels. They like delicious. Well, they are, little fellow. <laughs> Haven't had anything like this on your home world. Where I understand. I was a button. Yeah, I was a button. <laughs> Wait a minute. Who who gave you the recipe for the falafels? It was uh... my your booby. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> Wait, it, it was my booby. There you there go. It is. 
<laughs> um, my homeworld, the booby is our leader. <laughs> Most bizarre conversation ever. <laughs> E.T. and Gene Simmons, the pairing that never occurred. I'm not sure I can fit in that basket. <laughs> oh. I would like to see Gene Simmons on the bike. I'm pedaling as fast as I can, but my <clears throat> calf muscle keeps cramping up. I, would, I was thinking about E.T. with the makeup on his face. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> and how great that would look. Yeah. How freaky do I look? No. All right, and that's all I have in music news for you this morning. We will take a break. We'll come back. We'll wrap this whole thing up in a moment, and we'll also get our winner for uh, Tattoos Day. So last, yeah. last second chance to text that in. The word tattoo to 39333. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us. Jackson's Jeep Club and Spirit Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram presents MMR's Mother's Day 2019. Get dirty and get your Jeep on at Bridgeport Speedway, Sweetsboro, New Jersey, Saturday, May 11th. 15 bucks per Jeep gets you in and a go at the custom dirt obstacle courses and mud pits. Join us for another great day with our Jeeps in the dirt and mud. Plenty of room for spectators, too, with free parking. There'll be hundreds of Jeeps on site, Jeep parts to win, and you can even score MMRBQ tickets. Plus, cool vendors and food trucks, including Two Street Sammies and DHY Motorsports. MMR's Mother's Day with Jackson's Jeep Club at Bridgeport Speedway. Tickets on sale now. WMMR.com for complete details. From Spirit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, we're selling excitement at 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. We have a ticket raid uh, coming up. Yeah. Uh, your chance to get out and win some tickets may be uh, every 10 minutes. So, uh, no, I mean, that is definitely going to be happening every 10 minutes, but you might win. Uh, the appearance is going to be at Jersey's in Glenside Thursday from 8 to 10 p.m. Ask for Alf while you're there. <laughs> Kathy's friend. Uh, and every 10 minutes, uh, tickets will be given away from the MM Army. And you can enjoy Bud Light specials while you're there, too. If you need details about the MMRVQ, you can go to WMMR.com. There should be info uh, if you didn't get a chance to write this information down. Or you can call Pierre in a little bit. He'll be able to tell you. Uh, and uh, make sure you get out and have a chance to win those tickets. would be pretty nice. Thank you to uh, our lone guests today. We had... Uh, Adam Teal, who is the fire commissioner of uh, Philadelphia and the battalion chief of fire prevention, Tommy Kane, who came in to let us know if you need a smoke detector. They are free. They will come by and they will install them for you. You just call 311. That's all you got to do. Now, that's in Philadelphia. And it saves lives. I mean, honestly, you're having the fire department install them. You know they'll be installed right and um, you owe it to you and your family and your neighbors. To make sure you get it done. So thanks to those guys for coming by. Oh, and I'm sorry. I just saw this. We have a winner for Tattoos Day. Our winner is from Reading, Pennsylvania, and it's Robert Muska. So Robert Muska wins on Tattoos Day, and we are going to give Robert a $350 gift certificate for world-famous Philadelphia Eddie's Tattoo. And you can uh, go check them out there at 621 South 4th Street in South Philly and get tattooed by the area's top artists like Don Juan. Don Juan. You can see his work on Instagram at Don Juan Tattoos or PhiladelphiaEddiesTattoo.com. So if you want to see all that, you can certainly do it online. So congrats. We'll give him that uh, gift card and he'll get a Preston and Steve tattoo, which is a cool thing. We'll do it again next week. So get yourself set for that. Kat, did you ever find out if we got uh, the last two slots filled for... 
Kathy's Cuts, which is on Friday. I know there's only two left, and today's the last day to sign up. Uh, uh, yes, so I know you got to dig in. Pull it up. Take take a look. Let me know because I want to hit that one more time just in case um, those haven't been filled yet. It'll take a second. Should I talk to him first? Um, yeah, give... Talk to him. Yeah, talk, let me too. Talk, talk to, to him. him. Yeah. Who is he? He's him. Him. Yeah, You're you. Yeah, talk to him. How are you, man? I'm fine. Yes, the spots are still available. There really? Spots yeah. available. All right, two left, and then it's sold out. Uh, but they're early. They're like six thirty. Yeah, six thirty. Which you come in. Um, no we... problem. <laughs> Friday morning, uh, you can get there. Like, you know, we ask you to be there 15 minutes ahead of time. So, But if you have that 6.30 spot, you no can problem. come in 6.15 and uh, you can get your haircut. We'll donate it to Wigs for Kids. Uh, you leave with a great goodie bag. And, uh, like, the, you know, there's a bunch of great salons that are involved again this year. So you're not just leaving with your hair chopped off. You're getting a new style. Uh, so grab those three last spots. But today's the last day to sign up. Yeah, How do Gravity, you sign up? Gravity, David Arnold, and uh, Tier are the... Uh, yeah. Are the... the um... The What's hair salon. I'm looking for. The Thank you. Salon. salon. God, is yes. it? I was trying to say designer. Beauty or... parlor. <laughs> beauty, parlor. <laughs> beauty parlor. That's what my mother called it. Yeah. Beauty parlor. Yeah. And we'll be yeah. out at True Beauty Concepts in Southampton. That's where it is. Pierre, all you have to do is go to PrestonandSteve.com and the sign up is right on the front page. They have a scene in uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which I've been watching with my wife, where they're in the beauty parlor. Yeah. And those gigantic hair dryers that those women would sit under. It's hilarious. They look like something from it, you know, like they're. Like they're tapping your brain for like an alien is doing a probe on your brain <laughs> well, or something. Do you remember the movie uh, Our Man Flint and In Like Flint? It was an American. Yes. Vaguely, so yeah. So in the second one, that's what they were doing. Oh, in, really? in those hair dryers were recording devices. <gasps> oh, my God. Hate men. Yeah, yeah, I bet it's was, hilarious. Oh, yeah, and that was part of the deal. Yeah, it's oh, very funny. Yeah, James Coburn, right? James Coburn. Oh I loved God. him. I He's loved so him. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Wow. How you doing, man? Excellent. Are you wearing velvet today? I am. A velvet jacket. Uh, it's my velvet voice. Very stylish. We're going to do a love. Pierre's love train. Love, love block. Love. Love. Thing. <laughs> love velvet. Velvet revolver. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. No, that's pretty good, though. Yeah. We could tell. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. What is that? Velvet? <laughs> what is that? Velvet? Yeah. Uh, anyway, what's up in your world? How you doing? I love E.T. morphed <laughs> oh, with know. Gene Simmons. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I just must tell you that <laughs> that... If that if if the whole world could hear that, there'd be peace in the world. There would be peace. <laughs> um, the two uh, people to bring peace: Gene Simmons yeah. and E.T. Gene uh-huh. Simmons and E.T. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and he, Gene would find a way to make money out of it. But <laughs> of it course, still, he would. Yeah. It would still be a great moment. Uh, what were we doing? I just seen how you're doing. Oh, I'm doing fine. Oh, um, it's going to be groovy, and life is uh, sailing in a course of um, sailboats. All right, let's. Uh... <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah, dude, write that down. <laughs> Let's see if we can muster a letter of the day from you. You ready? Yeah. Preston and Steve yeah. on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. And the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter. Hey, pass that thing back here, man. <laughs> um, the letter is I, as in Indiana. Are, uh, and by the way, we're going to give away a uh, Valencia model uh, foosball table by Old Thousand Billiards, and it's valued at uh, $1,235 from Royal Billiard and Recreation, your ultimate game room store. Having their annual store-wide sale May 3rd through the 5th. Stock up uh, on fun at Royal Billiard and Recreation. Visit royalbilliard.com for details. When you come in here and we do this crossover, are you just like just kickstarting your brain for the day? 
No, I've been doing mental exercises for hours. Oh, for hours. Prior okay. to end, right. plus the farm work I do. I got gotcha. you. A ton of stuff. But, yeah. Right. You spend at least an hour moving a metallic ball through a maze with your mind. I do. I do. And I bend spoons like Kreskin. And Yuri Geller. Yeah. Or whatever his name was. Yeah. And um, like, who was the character Johnny Carson played? Uh, the great Karnak. Karnak. Yeah. I bend spoons like Karnak. Okay. Okay. Cool, man. Jace asked me the other day why the force wasn't working for him. I'm like, Val, <laughs> I don't know. No, right. I can tell him why. <laughs> I can tell him why in great detail. I'll have him come in. right? Well, no. It's some days the force is with us and some days it's not. When it's with you, you think everything works. It's, I mean, but I'm sure even you, Kathy, non-science <laughs> fiction person, will have a day where everything is totally working. The light turns green. The thing happens that you want to happen. The phone call works. Everything works. And you go, and it leads you to this belief that I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> Not quite that way, but I've arrived. And you think I am finally operating on a more together plane. At least that's what I think. Then the next day... Um, it's not quite there. It's like when um, McCoy had to put uh, Spock's brain back in. Yes. And he sat under that thing that gave him super uh, mental power. The hair goes, dryer. Of course, it's... It, <laughs> <laughs> it probably was a hair dryer. <laughs> and, and McCoy starts operating on his brain and he goes, this is child's play. But then it started wearing off. Right. And, um, and then uh, Spock's voice could still come out and go... Trust your instincts. Use the force. So um, there'd be, of course, no Star Wars without right. Star Trek and everything else. No, it makes sense. My yeah. seven-year-old will get that. Okay. Yeah. Good. <laughs> I'll, I'll explain everything to him. I can come over and do seminars no, if you like. Okay. By the way, one of the one of the best commercials I've, I've ever seen, and you made me think of that when you said Jace wanted to use the force. You remember the kid who was dressed as Darth Vader? And he's going around, he's trying to use the force to make things yeah. move. And he, he finally, you know, the last thing he comes up to is the car out in front. And he... You know, does the hand motion, and the parent had a remote yeah, start, yeah, yeah. and that was what the commercial was for. And the car starts, and he's just like, <gasps> "It was great." great. It's VW. I, I, was that what it was? Yeah. yeah, VW. It's what a great commercial. So thanks that for is great. Taking me down that road. All right, what's up on the show today, man? Um, we're going to have some tickets for the Revivalists. They're going to play in the Atlantic City in June at the Borgata, and we'll also have some fun workforce blocks. It's uh, among others Bob Marley and Shinedown. We're working on a third block. Could be one of two different things. And um, it's Double Shot Tuesday. So we'll have double shots, uh, and many of them will be uh, you call it. Oh, it's uh, always fun. Request, yeah, yeah. To fill in the second song. And um, tomorrow I have a piece I'm going to play for you, but I don't have it ready today. So I'll have it tomorrow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it pertains to something you were talking to today. By tomorrow, it'll be totally um, irrelevant. But um, I thought I would mention that. It's okay. Today we teased signing up for the blood drive for tomorrow. Do, exactly. Yeah. Do we want to know what that's pertaining to or just tomorrow? It was a piece of music news. Okay. Oh. All right. Oh. We'll, we'll leave it at that. Well, actually, <laughs> you might be able to find it in there. Yeah. Um, oh, no, we'll sorry, do it tomorrow. Never mind. Right, right. We'll okay. do it tomorrow. Right. Because good. we've got to move the thing along. Come on. I, I, Let's I, move it. Uh, yes, sir. Get an A+. Uh, I, I'm, uh, yes, Taskmaster. Uh, the... President Steve Show is brought to you today by Acme, the official supermarket of the President Steve Show. Also, Winter Airport Parking, the fastest way in and out of Philly International. And also, Temple University's Fox School of Business tomorrow on our show. I love this. We're going to talk to Lewis Black tomorrow. Wow. He's the best. Love him. Yeah. And uh, we'll go live on Fox Good Day as well. And I'm sure we'll find many other things to get into. That's it. We are done. So rage on and have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.
Preston and Steve love you. Hate you. Live. I can't get this chicken pot pie frog out of my head. Next message. I just want to thank the guy who paid for my donut because their credit card service was down. Thank you so much. You rock. Next message. Hello, this is your wake-up call. Good morning. Get the f*** out of bed! Have a nice day. The Preston and Steve love you, hate you line. Call 484-434-1333. MMR rocks. Brought to you by DellToyota.com and DellChevrolet.com. Jack! Sell them for less.